Podcast where those truly believe that cats and mice don't mix, but we're not going to be talking about that. I'm Rob. I'm Kyle. And today we're talking about an anime for Anime yes. Month called yes. Catnapped. Catnapped. Catnapped from Catnapped. 1995. Way, uh, way, way back in 1995. In ye olde days. <laughs> when, when Rob and I were four, five, yeah. five. Uh, no, and, we were and that going on six. Yeah, that was Jurassic Park here, right? No, no 93, 93 is Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. You're right. Yeah, so we were, we were, <laughs> yeah, you you were, it depends on when it came out, but you and I are the same age. Yeah. Weirdly enough, though, I, I didn't see this movie until 2019 or something, or 18. When we were like, yeah. It was super early on, and it was, this is an episode that I wanted to do on the podcast for what I thought would be a good kids month, and we would just review, like, movies that I thought were, like, a good, like, kids kaiju movie, like, oh, mm-hmm. show this to you, and we've had those kind of sprinkled throughout, you know, where we watch Clifford sure. and that kind of stuff. Uh, this is a kids movie. It yes. is uh, very hard to follow as an adult trying to put a logical like spin on things. Yes, this this would definitely be a movie that I would qualify as <laughs> a var- a very hard movie to look at critically. Not yes. necessarily because it's bad, no. but just because it's 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 kind of nonsensical on purpose. Yes. So it's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Looking um, through it on a critical lens, you can definitely like it. It yeah. falls apart pretty quickly. Uh-oh. Yes. Now I've got a cat jumping on my table. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, before we start talking about cat napped, and I get assaulted by this cat burglar. Uh, <laughs> he's not a cat burglar. Mochi's more like a, I don't know, like a cat spaz. Uh, let's talk about the cat news. Yes. Uh, so, literally two hours after we finished recording, lots of... <laughs> <laughs> it keeps happening. I, I swear to God, I, I literally, the message I sent to Rob was, we just missed it. I literally, uh, it was, I, no joke. It was like, I literally, I was starting to edit the episode and I got a text message that was just like, hey, unbelievably huge news just dropped, Rob. <laughs> so we got our first teaser trailer for Gamera Rebirth, the anime yes. that we are getting this year. Uh, we don't have a release date still, um, still kind of nebulous of... 2023 is is, de- is definitely when it's coming out, but we don't know um, much. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we did get a, a glimpse at some of the animation. Yeah. Uh, yep. We still don't know what anime studio is behind this. Um, it, it's a little weird because it's actually from what we've seen so far on the promotional material, like the little poster they released. Um, it lists uh, Katakawa. And Gamera Rebirth Production Committee yeah. is the two things that it lists. So I'm wondering if this is in-house, if Katakawa may... I mean, Katakawa, I believe, might already have an animation department. I mean, Katakawa is a huge production yeah. 
labyrinth. So like, I, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. But uh, we don't know who's animating this. But what we do know from this teaser is that uh, the kaiju, at least, are going to be 3D animated. Yeah. Um, but we do get a lot of movement from Gamera in that brief little teaser. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't look like it's going to be like Godzilla Earth style. where he's just No, like it, it looks like lot. they're trying to do a Heisei trilogy style Gamera movie, but fully CGI. Uh, yeah. And not like the CGI, not the hyper-realistic CGI that we got in the oh, no, kind of like 2016 yeah. teaser trailer thing. Um, but it, Although the designs... Very similar. Uh, similar. It is yeah. the, the, the most jagged Gamera has ever been. It doesn't look like he has a shell so much as he has like a sand shrew spike s- spikes Just on his points. back. Yeah. yeah. Um. Very interestingly, and I, I bet you saw this too. The picture of Gauss and the picture of Gamera that we got. Green cracks of energy yes. glowing through their chest. Both of yes. them. And I thought it was them. very interesting to yeah. kind of like pull back to that like they're both genetic experiments from this like previous yeah. ancient I'm civilization. Yeah, I'm wondering if all of the kaiju that we're going to get are going to have that that similar. Like I mean, they're all going to be tied to the same. They said it's it's six mana. episodes, five issues. So it's six episodes. Yeah, or five monsters. Sorry, five monsters. Yeah. So well, five monsters out other than Gamera. Yeah. So we have Gamera and we have Gauss confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means we have four kaiju that have not been announced yet. Yeah. Um, which could be anything. Obviously, uh, we. I mean, Gauss was the one that we all were like, well, duh. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you know Godzilla and Ghidorah. Like yeah. most likely, Ghidorah's going to be in it. But, <laughs> um. It could be it could be some stuff from Heisei. Who's your yeah, it okay, how about Showa? this? If you could pick one from Show and one from Heisei, who would your two be? Outside um, of I mean, who we already know. I would pick I would pick Legion from Heisei. Yep. As much as I love Iris, I would I think Legion could be really fun to see in anime form. Yeah. Um and then I really want to see them take that uh that bar uh, design yeah. from the manga from the heisei oh, manga that came yeah. out that redesign and bring uh, that yeah, into cool. this as a as a updated Barugan. i okay. think that would be really fun <laughs> um i think the, those two would be really really cool to see yeah um uh yeah those would be those would be my two like most wanted picks Honestly. i mean i i feel like they're gonna probably use iris for some reason i i think iris is probably gonna be the final boss yeah but... i think iris has such uh a cultural impact and it's also a very unique kaiju design um you know uh, i think guiran's gonna get some love and i think that'll be fun guiran would be cool yeah uh, guiran would be really cool um mostly because like virus is just a squid it's a squid yeah. Uh, I don't see them doing something interesting with that, I, but I feel like Guerin could be something fun. Um, and then yeah, I, I, you know, I love Legion. You know, I, know, I, yeah. I just, I love Legion so much. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I could definitely see, because the thing is, Legion is th- is a three pack, right? Mm-hmm. You get flowers, giant flowers. You get, you know, little tiny bugs, and you get Legion herself. Yeah. Um. So there's a very, you know, there's a lot of, like, sequences you can do with that. It depends on, also, we don't know the length of the episodes. We don't. You know, yeah. it could just be short films, which where it is just the Godzilla. You know how we have, like, the Godzilla movies that are coming out that are just, like, 15, 8-minute long puppet, you know, suitation yes. fights. Exactly. This could be the equivalent. And it's just... A hundred percent. We know... Back. We know 
absolutely nothing <laughs> about this. We don't know if it's got humans in it. We don't know if there's yeah. a there's a story. Um, now, like we kind of joked, uh, we can actually posit. I mean that the that 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 YouTube clip from so long ago. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, definitely had an impact on this. Because yeah, because the camera design from what we can see. And the shadow of the the Gauss design yeah. is very similar to the Gamera and Gauss that was in that trailer. Yeah. So I do wonder because in that trailer there was a really interesting. Um, I don't know if you remember it, but it was a it was a kid who uh, his 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 uh, dad or, or grandfather I can't remember, but one of them died in the Gauss attack. Yeah. And Gamera comes in and wipes out the Gauss, and then years pass. And now he's like a teenager. Yeah. And Gamera shows back up was the concept they were going with. Um, so it was going to be kind of like a, you know, fa- he was tied to like Gamera when he showed back up. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe they'll do something similar. I don't know. Like, I mean, it would be kind of interesting uh, since we know six episodes with five kaiju. Um, it could be really interesting. Maybe that first episode is that episode in the past with the kid with the kid. And then. The next episode where Gamera starts fighting other monsters, yeah, that's when we cut forward. Or another possibility too, we have six episodes five kaiju. That doesn't necessarily mean Gamera is going to have a solo episode by himself. We could have Gauss maybe in two different episodes, or one of the other kaiju, maybe the final kaiju if it's Iris, whoever has yeah. two episodes. Um, we just don't know anything. Uh, all I can say is the that visually it looks really really nice. Yeah, uh, it has a nice style to it. Um, I'm really, I'm really digging the, the anime, the animation style to it. I like the, the the 3d animated look that it has going for it. Um, they're going for like a really cool, like natural lighting Yeah. um, in the big poster wide shot. You can see like the fires are what's illuminating the, the, the kaiju. It's very, Um, it's, I mean, it's very Iris, honestly. Yes. It looks very, yeah. Very much like the, the battle against Iris at the end of Gamera three. Yeah. Um, and I'm all for that. I mean, that movie is gorgeous. So. Mm. Um, you know, emulate the best stuff, obviously. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. Um, it didn't give us much. It's like I said, it didn't give us a a, a date or anything like that. Um, but I would, I would suspect (laughs) that we will get more of these little teaser videos as well as new posters for each of those monsters leading up to the release. So we'll probably get, you know, one every month or two until we get to where we are. Yeah. Um, and hopefully Netflix stays afloat just long enough to get this. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, God. That was so funny. That that whole situation was... I, I got to mention that real quick because we said it. Dude, that, that made me laugh so hard. Like, the fact that they were like, oh, no, we didn't mean to post that, Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, we meant it as a, as a joke. It was, it was an it April was Fool's joke. joke. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I just because everybody was like, yeah, that's not gonna work. The the idea that I'd have to like drive out to my parents with my uh, like a smart TV and my laptop to sign in to Netflix and be like, all right, cool, then pack everything back up and drive home. Well, it was really funny too because everybody was pointing out that like the worst part of the logic was like we live in in the era of VPNs, yeah, and like I could just set my home network as an IP address with a VPN yeah, and then never have to worry about the, oh, what yeah. they're doing because I could just always just log into my <laughs> VPN and go click. Hey, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a wild thing. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I think I'm staying with Netflix actually, I believe for the next thing. Oh no. Uh, Tokyo SOS. That, we've got yeah. the Tokyo SOS screening. Uh, so just like uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla had a screening in November, mm-hmm. uh, there is going to be a fathom events release in March. Uh, I believe it's like March 25th. It's towards the end of March. Yeah. Uh, for Tokyo SOS. 
Um, so if you did go see against Mechagodzilla and you were like, when are they going to do Tokyo West West? We have an answer. <laughs> um, it's very cool. I mean, uh, against Mechagodzilla was extremely successful for releasing in like 5,000 theaters. I think it made over $400,000 in its one screening yeah. on one day. So like, they, uh, it, I, I'm sure Fathom got the, the message that like, hey, maybe we should do more of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is great. Um, but yeah, Tokyo SOS, um, they are also just like they included um, the Hedera uh, like live action short in front of uh, against Mechagodzilla. Yeah. They are including the Gigan Rex short and the Gigan uh, Summation nice. uh, in front of Tokyo SOS. So uh, that that should be really cool to see on on the big screen for yeah. sure. Um, so yeah, uh, Fathom is already selling tickets for it. So if you are interested, check out uh, you know Fandango wherever you buy tickets, um, and check in March and they should should be available yeah. already. Um, so next up is going back to Netflix. Uh, we got a <laughs> teaser trailer for the uh, final season. Uh, yeah. Um, it is interesting that it's the final season. A lot of people are kind of kind of a little sad because. Uh, the manga is still ongoing and they're still dealing with a lot of, they're still doing like a lot of like, they're starting to introduce like zero, I believe yeah. showed up. Um, so they're starting to do some modern ultra stuff, yeah. but uh, they're, they're Netflix is ending the anime. Obviously it's possible they could do a, a second series or something like later on. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure if there's like ever a big conclusion to the manga that they'll probably have like a, you know, a, a big movie or something. Like or something but... Well, cause Netflix is also doing, the that the animated movie the separate yeah. thing that's like uh the Which they are we have not heard well. anything about for quite some time we haven't heard anything about it but we know that they are still working on it yeah because uh super Aya did confirm it on a release schedule uh last uh month i believe yeah um but anyway so it seems like this one uh it's got a lot of uh a lot of uh uh some good ultra aliens that have not shown up in the show yet um, there's some really interesting, uh, ideas of, uh, is, is he being mind controlled and destroying things? There's also some weird, like dream sequences where he's as big as uh, normal Ultraman, which I know that there was a sequence in the manga where he does grow to be Ultraman sized. So I don't know if that's, if they're going to adapt that as like a kind of a big finale in the yeah. anime. Uh, maybe we can do a Tokyo Signals on that one See, episode. See, that one, yeah. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> well, then I just have to have a really long previously on three yeah. months worth or three seasons worth of Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, um, I, I, I I really loved the second season of this. Uh, I, I liked the sec first season as well, but the second season really hit its stride with its animation. Like, it, it did... Um, <laughs> not uh, It's a weird relation to make, but kind of like Puss in Boots had, like, a different animation style for, like talking versus action yeah uh second season of ultraman did that same thing where it 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 it, it had the broken frame rate that like a lot of 3d animes have during the talking scenes where it looks a little weird but then the instant the action kicks into high gear it loses that and it just like goes to be smooth like anime you know full full frame rate nice um so it, it really had a great style to that um so i really liked that in the second season it looks like they're doing it in the third um they're bringing in some new ultras unfortunately i'm not a big enough ultra to tell you who they are <laughs> Damn it. um but uh you know uh you know they introduced jack and taro and yeah. taro in the last one um they're introducing one of the female ultras uh in this one um so yeah i don't know it, it's great uh i'm very excited for it 
Uh, sad to see its ending, but at the same time, I'm glad it's getting an ending if it's ending. Um, yeah, it's not just going gonna... to... Well, okay, it's right. canceled. <laughs> like Netflix and tends to do. To be fair, it does mean that we'll get like another, you know, Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood situation where you're going to have an entirely different ending in the manga. And, and then uh-huh. like the show is, you know, they're probably just going to have to wrap up and create like a a brand new canon to end the show with. And, and then, and then maybe get we'll get a brand new show wacky. later on that'll be the Brotherhood anime that follows yeah. the, <laughs> the manga. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like, I, like I'm saying, I would highly suspect that, like, if if they do pick it up again later on, they'll probably just, like, pick it up with, like, some of the modern Ultras that are yeah. starting to show up. So, you know, we'll pick up with Zero and... You know, I've heard that I've heard rumors that they're going to do something with Belial in the in the manga too, which would be very interesting. Ooh, um, yeah. So, um, all right, so here we are, folks. The, the fun next piece of news. The is fun a, news. Just a fun right. little lighthearted. Let just a fun little lighthearted talk. Just a lighthearted talk. Just as so, a quick a quick side note, when Kyle first said that there was uh, that this was even remotely newsworthy, I was like, how? Why? It's the dumbest thing that could possibly be argued about. There's uh-huh. no way anyone actually cares this much about uh-huh. this situation. Uh, and then uh, he sent me a link to a Twitter thread. And then I realized, oh, no, Twitter <laughs> has found it. And so obviously a bunch of the worst people you've ever met have strong opinions. <laughs> and then it went to death threats. And then it went to the studio that's making the statue had to make a formal like statement being like, hey. We just made the statue. It's none of your business. Like what the rights are from from us to Toho. That's well, yeah. Speaking of, we should probably talk about what we're talking about. Okay, and what we're talking so about is let me, Godzilla. Let me preface this with a couple things. So number one, I wrote an article about this way, 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 way long time ago. Really boiling this down and kind of breaking up like what uh, you know what what everything is as far as how the rights worked, why the name is the way it is, yada, yada, yada. And I, I it's a really in-depth article. Uh, it's, it's still on our website. If you want to go back and find it, it's like from <laughs> like 2014, no, 2015 or so. Um, oh God, yeah. So it's like one of the first it's, things. It's, it's very old. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because this, this, this has been a, this has been a topic of conversation for a very long time. Now, what happened? So, we are getting a high-quality statue of the G98 Godzilla design from Spiral Studios, the company that makes the really expensive but really amazingly detailed statues. Good news all around. Zilla is, you know, Zilla is getting an amazing statue. That's, that's great. That's awesome. It looks beautiful. It's like so detailed. It looks exactly like the design of the movie. Fans of the, fans of the design should be ecstatic, right? That, that's what you would think. And everybody was. Except they noticed that on the official press release, uh, they called the statue Zilla. And then we came to find out that the trademark for Zilla was renewed in Japan. Now, this isn't a big deal in itself and it's in and and like as a whole it's not a big deal but it led to what happens when nerds get inflamed and think that they know everything and then they just spread that misinformation as truth 
while everybody else is like, no, that's not how that works. Like everyone who knows anything about copyright law or has done any modicum of research into this knows what this all is and yeah. has known this since it happened back in 2001, whenever the rights reserve went back to Toho. Yeah. But like fans took it a different way. So I got to break this down on multiple levels here. <laughs> so the trademark. So this is what this is what caused everybody to freak out. Yeah. The Zilla trademark was renewed in 2017 for a period of 10 years. So once again, we're talking 2017. So this trademark renewal happened already a few years ago, but now it's become to light. But the key thing here that fans got pissed about is that it includes the character name and is based on the CGI from Toho, a.k.a. 2004 when Zilla showed up in Final Wars, and the animatronics and CGI from TriStar Sony. So, in theory, what this should mean is that fans who want to call G98 Zilla, like officially, as like a name, can. Because technically, legally speaking, <laughs> not just as a nickname, not just as a legally insult, distinct. <laughs> he is Zilla. I'm not saying, keep, keep, keep in mind, I'm not saying we go back and we re-release g98 the movie and call it zilla instead of godzilla that's not that's not what anybody's saying it's the it's it's it that's not what is going on here what we are saying is that officially his name is zilla now here's where it gets fun because people have known this for a very long time including myself because in when to when toho granted the rights for sony to make a godzilla film the design and character were never owned by Sony. That is the biggest misconception of this entire thing. Sony did not own the rights to Godzilla. That's not how that works. They owned the rights to make a movie with the character. With the that title. <laughs> with that design, everything to do with that movie, went back to Toho when the rights went out. Now, if we if we lived in an alternate universe where... G98 had been successful and they made sequels and the rights were still with Sony because they're still making movies and he's the official American Godzilla and we're still going. That's a whole different thing. We don't know what would have happened. Like it, it would have been a different situation. But what happened was is after the animated series, Sony let the, the rights relapse back to Toho, therefore giving Toho the rights to Zilla and his design and everything to do with him. Now, on toys, will you still see Toho give credit to TriStar and Sony for designing the creature? Yes. Do they have to? Oh, absolutely not. They can say whatever the <laughs> hell they want. It's their character. But they do because it, it's the right thing to do. It's one of those business things that just – Yeah, you don't want to like, you know, make bad blood for no reason, you know? Right. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's it was originally created by them, but it's our cre – and if you notice, it will say copyright to Star, to TriStar Sony. Yeah. And it will say copyright – all Godzilla rights are controlled by Toho, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I digress on that <laughs> stuff specifically. Now, taking us into further in time. So when the rights went back to, to uh, Toho, in GMK, they made a, slide, a snide remark of Zilla being a separate creature, which is a really funny thing after now all this argument. Where they already were like, oh, no, the, Amer the Americans said it was, but we think it was something else. You know, it's, okay, it's a funny reference, blah, blah, blah. 
Then in Final Wars, they decided that they wanted to bring in Zilla as kind of a funny little moment. You know, maybe it's a little mean spirited. Maybe it's not. The thing is, is like a, we we as Americans, Listen, especially, I think it's kick ass uh, because they use the appropriate soundtrack for him. So they do, but like we as Americans assume it was mean spirited because everybody's like, oh well, they got all. They said they took the god out of Godzilla. That's why he's Zilla. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Jira uh, for for the Japanese audience. Um, he so they called him Zilla. Now this is where the fir- the actual misconception originated. When that happened, Godzilla fans for some reason decided to take that as a separation of the character of the character that showed up in 2004 in Final Wars from G98. So they assumed that anything from 2004 onwards that used the design from Toho was Zilla, but G98's Godzilla design was still Godzilla copyrighted by TriStar Sony. That's where the misconception happened. That's why it got so big as it did because everybody just like freaked out because once again, when you tell a nerd something that they think they know and they haven't done any research but they're just so emblazoned that I know what's going on, they freak out. So <laughs> fandoms. Just saying. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm a nerd as well. I do it I do it too. It's it's just it's just a, it's a curse of being impassioned about something. Is all it is. But frankly, the the real trick is to just always be right about what you are passionately everything. believe. Like me, I'm always right. Always so, right. Yeah, I never find myself in this kind mm-hmm. of a situation. <laughs> so, so once again, so so now we're up to the modern day. Okay, so this this copyright thing came out, and at first, it's funny because actually the first message I sent. I was like, maybe this will finally stop all the people who attack people anytime someone calls G98 by the name Zilla. And I was because like, it's yeah. it's wild. It's existing. I, Once again, I wrote that article in 2017, 15, whatever it was. <laughs> this has been going on for, for almost it's, nigh a decade now. It just blows my mind because it seems like such a just a just such a petty thing to care it, about for it, even it for even a moment to put an iota of energy into it. And then I started seeing people care about it like when kyle first said this to me i was like oh man you spend too much time in the facebook comments that was literally my verbatim my response because i didn't see this kind of uh, debate i was like who cares it's just a way to like delineate the two designs yes because like godzilla which is what it is typically yeah and then like you know you don't say just godzilla when you're talking about shin godzilla design you're right you say shin godzilla or uh, Biogoji. Yeah, Biogoji, Meyer Goji. Meyer like, Goji. Any we we have these nicknames for Godzilla designs yeah, across the and board. No one freaks it is, out. <laughs> it, it is not. It is not a. It's. It, that's what's so bizarre about this whole situation is the only reason why people get upset about this is because they assume that it's an insult. Anybody who calls him Zilla is trying to separate him from being Godzilla, and so the fans of the character from G ninety eight and the cartoon get freaked out because they're like, oh, you're insulting my favorite Godzilla or whatever. I'm the biggest and it's fan like, that's of not... that design. I should have put it in my top five Godzilla design. It's a good creature design. <laughs> we talked about it when we Just did to G98. mess everyone up. <laughs> it, is a good go- it is a good Godzilla Nye creature design in general. Yes. It's a good design. It's, it's a, a cool bad looking movie. monster. That's all it is. It's, it's, it's a cool really, looking it's bad monster. bad script, bad yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, we, and we, and we, we, we also prove it every time we talk about the animated series. Yeah. It's the same design in a thing where he acts a little bit more like Godzilla, and it's, it's like, amazing. Oh. <laughs> it's ten out of ten. So okay. So anyway, so so people people are people like literally sent death threats. So wild. Not to Toho, 
to the company making the, the figure toy. Oh. Of, of the of the design. Number one, as they said in their biggest statement, any rights dis- like discussion of what the toy should be called is between them and Toho, and yeah. it was a business call that Toho made. <laughs> now, they didn't even make it themselves. Toho told them, you should call it Zilla because that's the copyright. Yeah. It, end of story. And the people at the studio making the figure were like, that makes sense because okay, that's sure. what the copyright is. I, I mean, there's no argument there. So, and like these other toys that people keep bringing up as examples that do call it Godzilla or whatever. Yeah. You have to keep in mind that Toho just may have not made that decision on that companies when they called them. They might have said, yeah, just call it Godzilla. It's fine. But this one, they were like, no, call it Zilla because it's a very high quality figure. You're trying to be accurate to the design. Like, let's call it Godzilla. Like, you, you or let's call it Zilla instead of Godzilla because that's what the copyright is. Yeah. It, it doesn't actually matter. Like, none of this matters. And once again, as Rob and I just said about all these nicknames for all these other designs, that's we just we do that in the Godzilla community. We do that not even just in the Godzilla community. Any fandom, think about think about like talking about Iron Man. Like you talk about his different suits. He's got the yeah. Mark One, Mark Two, Mark Three. Like, can you imagine someone getting pissed off if like somebody you called the call Mark, it Iron so, Man? You know, he's, he's Iron Man. He's not the Mark Two. It's like no, it's, it's just I. He's it's the Mark just, Two suit. It's just a design, man. Yeah, I don't and know. So, I, and, the last thing I really have to rant about, because because the the flame of this have already kind of gone out by the time we recorded, <laughs> but like one of the biggest things that I thought about, and I, I talked to the I, I mentioned this with uh, to KDM because we were kind of back and forth on it, just like of like agreeing about how silly this was, and uh, I mentioned the fact of like Toho is also in a very different place now with their copyrights than they were in that era. Um, we have three extremely distinct Godzilla designs and, and and character character depictions that have come out within the last 10 years. We have Shin, we have uh, Ultima, and we have Earth. Earth, yeah. If Toho was in the same copyright mindset that they were back in then, <sighs> we would have individual copyrights for those individual depictions of Godzilla. Yes. You would have a Kamada-kun uh, copyright. You would have a second form copyright. You would have a form for Shin for final form. Yeah. You'd have a copyright for Ultima. You'd have one for Terrestris. You'd had one for like that's how that's how Anal Toho was with their copyrights. Yeah. If you notice, even even with uh, with a singular point as a perfect example, we do not have the copyrights for or for the copyright logos <laughs> for any of those other monsters yeah. that got created, like any of the fusion monsters. Oh yeah. There's not. Uh, copyright and I mean I'm sure they're copyrighted, but there's not like a like That's you know because Toho does the, coins, the copyright logo, the little the black and white, yeah, yeah. Which frankly, hear me out. A, they should go back to. They should absolutely. They should 100%. double down on that. B, they should actually make physical coins so that I, I can buy, start collecting them. I would buy all of them. <laughs> But that's but that's kind of my point is that kaiju themed uh, two face <laughs> flipping a coin. <laughs> we do have we do have a weird situation where they ha- where they did decide to separate the character, but that doesn't necessarily do anything really for anything. Like it doesn't it doesn't change your mind. If you want to call him Godzilla, call him Godzilla. Yeah, that's fine. That's th- that's it's valid. still accurate. You want to call him Zilla? That's just as valid. It's just like, shorthand. G98 Godzilla or Zilla. It's, it's shorthand, just... but it's also reference to that design specifically. If I'm yeah. talking about Godzilla and I'm talking about Biogoji, like I'm probably going to say Biogoji, like not 
Godzilla yeah. because Godzilla's a vast. I could be talking about legendary. I could be talking about what you know, like son of Godzilla's Godzilla. Like what am I talking about? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reference that just like I would with Zilla. I, am I gonna call him G98 still? Probably. Yeah. Am I gonna call him Gino just because that's oh, what I yeah. grew up calling him? <laughs> yes, I probably will. I have. And Gino is more uh, of an insult than Zilla is because Gino is Godzilla in name only. Like, yeah, it's, you know, like I, I don't know. It's wild. It's a whole thing. It happened. The internet's finally calmed down from it. I just had to comment on it because it did get ridiculous. I just really want to state there is absolutely no reason anyone should be sending death threats to anyone in general across the board, and especially to a toy company that's making a figure. For a design that you are proposing to like and yeah. be impassioned about. That is the most convoluted backass words <laughs> thing to do in the world. Yeah. You're you're insulting the people making something that nobody else is doing for you. Listen, I want this figure. I I can't afford it. I won't be able to buy it. But yeah. I would like it. So yes. Yes. shut up, guys. Let them make the figure. It's a cool design. I want that's the one Godzilla design I really want. <laughs> it's wild anyway so on to more fun stuff uh so we got co- uh confirmation we we had a couple of interviews uh for with uh matt shockman uh who is the uh showrunner for the apple godzilla tv show also the director of the first two episodes i believe um that uh kind of confirmed a few things some of it we've already talked about on the on the cast uh, from other sources, uh, he confirmed once again that Godzilla is not just a cameo; that he is going to be a major part of the entire show. Uh, he uh, then went on to say that we are going to see uh, a couple of brand new created Titans for the show, as well as some old ones as well. Uh, now, does that mean Toho monsters? Who knows? He didn't specify, obviously, but it could just be like we're going to see uh, Behemoth or Tiamat or uh, any of the others that we've already seen designed. Uh, but we'll see him uh, on the show. Um, we also did w- learn one interesting thing um, that actually was causing a lot of people li- uh, to be a little confused uh, on the timeline of everything. So we know, obviously, there's a 50s plotline and a, a 2014 plotline. Um, but what we did learn specifically is that the 2014 plotline takes place weeks after the 2014 attack. Not months, not a year after, weeks. So... Whenever uh, in in King of the Monsters, whatever he said that Godzilla hasn't been seen in X amount of years, uh, that will still line up because all the stuff we're seeing of Godzilla in the 2014 timeline is right after the attack in 2014. So he's he's still just active for a little bit after 2014. So it doesn't break any canon. Doesn't doesn't hurt anything at all, which is good. I didn't think they were gonna break canon. I figured they were gonna find a way around it, but like. It's cool to like that they already basically just announced that's that's what it's going to be. Um, so uh, the next piece Ooh. of news is Rob. I want you to talk about this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we got a new trailer for Gridman Universe. I don't know if we had the official release date before, but we do definitely now. Uh, March the twenty fourth. Uh, my uh, next favorite anime movie will be coming out. Uh, March is already very bright. in Japan. In Japan. In Japan. Okay, good news. Uh, they, they simulcasted the show. But the movie, it'll, be, it'll probably be in theaters. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see. It, it will be covered. It just won't be right when it comes out in Japan. It'll be covered whenever we can. Yeah. Uh, also, because March is quite booked, and we'll be talking yes. about that next time? Maybe yes. this time? 
We might announce it. We could we tease might, it. We might tease it. We yeah, could tease it. We could tease it. Um, but yeah, that's right. Gridman Universe uh, has its uh, its official film coming out, and it looks like the crossover that we all wanted, uh, the uh, Gridman, uh, SSSS Gridman, and the Dinozenon team will be getting together to join forces against, it looks like a handful of kaiju. Uh, yes. There's one really spooky looking one doing somersaults and backflips with like these yes. giant bear claws. I'm like, yo. Um, uh, it, it, it's fun to see that they're going to be interacting. Uh, it looks like we're going to be having a little bit of, um, Yamogi's the second guy. Uh, 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 oh my gosh. What's the redhead's name from the first season? The main character from the first season, it looks like we're really going to be focusing in on him and yes. kind of his reascension into being an Ultraman. Um, so, yeah, so that's something that's really interesting in the trailer that we're not really getting full explanation on, yeah. although we maybe are, is that was one of that was one of the biggest questions you and I had. Yeah. Uh, is that the first season or the, the original show? Yeah. Not the original show, but the original anime. Yeah. Uh, took place in the mind of Akane. Uh, the, the live real action life. Akane that yeah. we see. However. Yeah. This so this is still taking place maybe in that mind palace, but I'm actually going to posit something else. I don't think it is. I Somehow, think this may be taking place in the real world. Yeah, well, I think we're dealing with the real version of oh, uh, him and the other guy, and the because there's no, it's just Rika. It's, it's just not her. Akane. Okay, yeah, that could very I well think be. That might be what we're dealing with but here. Is I. I think it is. I think it is. Digital you think it's still in the head because, and I think somehow they cross over into the real world because a, uh, 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 uh Dinazenon was in the real world. Yeah, Dinazenon set in the real world. Uh, we've seen now that like Dinazenon currently is sleeping in the digital world, and uh, we know that uh, Homeboy uh is traveling uh between the two worlds at least. True. So. My thought is somehow he, he's crossing over, and I think we're going to start in the digital world or this mm. uh, the Akane mind's, Mind Palace still. And I think slowly Yamogi is remembering his time as Ultraman uh, because there's that little kind of sketchy drawing of Ultraman's face. Uh-huh. Like, and they do show some scenes of like him crying and stuff. So I'm like, oh, maybe he's slowly kind of remembering some of that. Ultraman is going to just be Ultraman or Gridman. Sorry, Gridman is just going to be Gridman fighting some stuff, and that's going to unlock that memory. And then, very similar to the uh, show that we've got going on now, the Netflix uh, Ultraman show, mm. a little bit of that Ultra or you know Gridman spark is in him, and slowly that's going to evolve over the course of the the show to allow him to become a Gridman himself. Uh, which is so our, you think, our Gridman so you think Sigma. the Gridman, because we do see uh, Showa Gridman, is what I'll call yeah. it, in the trailer. Um, yeah. So you think that the Gridman Sigma, or the, the the Gridman that we're seeing in all the promotionals, yeah. is is uh, I think that's him. Yamogi's Gridman, yeah. not the original Gridman refused with him. Correct. I think uh, he okay. I think he transforms into a Gridman. I okay. think. I don't know. I I mean, I could be very it's wrong. possible. Also, side note, uh, I, After Dark listeners know this. Uh, my dog is currently kenneled because he's being a, a bad boy and he kept biting me. Uh, so we're uh, our trainer asked me to do a emotional reset where he has to yes. learn his boundaries. So, so that's he's, what you're hearing in the background. If you hear <laughs> yelping in the background, I've tried to soundproof my room as best as I can, but he does not like being in his kennel for very long. He's fed, walked, and watered. <laughs> 
Uh, he just does not like that he can't destroy more things in the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. It, it, coincidentally, we're talking about an anime where a, a, a dog gets hurt in this movie. So, uh, timing-wise... The, the irony is not lost on us. Yeah. So, anyway, I just wanted to uh, jump in and say that. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about this. It looks like it's going to be very interesting. Uh, every every season so far has been such an emotional hit for me personally. Um, and like I said, Dianxenon really captured the feeling of grief. And I wonder what emotion they're really going to try and tackle in this one. And I think it's yeah. going to be self-discovery. Um, would be my guess and kind of like, and it's not Yomogi. Yomogi is the guy from the second season, but I keep saying that. Um, Hibiki? Is that right? Hibiki? That sounds right. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember. Um, so one thing I did want to mention that was kind of found by someone online and I, I thought it was really fascinating is, so obviously Gridman Yuta Sigma, Hibiki. Okay. Yes. Yes. So Gridman, uh, uh, Grid Knight was kind of a adaptation of uh, what they were going to do, where they were going to do Gridman Sigma, but they yes. didn't ever do it. Um, so it is kind of fascinating that uh, someone found concept art for the original Gridman that also had this other form of uh, fusing with Dinazenon yes. that did not show up in the original show, <laughs> but the new one looks like that's what they're adapting or yeah. kind of like taking inspiration from. So that's kind of fascinating. Um, it's rad. I, cause it, I was very curious because we talked about it when we watched uh, Dinazenon, but like they used Grid Knight as Gridman in Dinazenon. So yeah, we got all the forms from forms. the show. Yeah. Where Gridman would have fused with the with the with the dinos, the dragon. Yeah. So like I was like, what are they gonna do in the movie? Because we've already seen those fusions. So it's like, oh, they're gonna take an unused concept <laughs> that never got off the ground and reuse it just like they did with Grid Knight. So that's kind of fun. Uh, we'll see if we'll see how how far that goes. I'm, uh, he's really I'm cool. He has jazzed. like a sword and yeah. a shield. Um. So. But yeah, uh, the, yeah. Once again, obviously the trailer was in Japanese, so we, a lot of us we are just kind of inferring from the visuals what we can, yeah, what we and, have here. And it's it's a classic <laughs> Gridman trailer where it's like twenty five percent the old show clips from that, and then it's like contextless clips over and over and over again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a few a few moments sprinkled in showing the the uh, casts interacting with each other. So we'll see how that all goes. Uh, all right. So last two pieces of news. Uh, so the next one uh, is uh, there is a Kong uh, script book coming out that has the original screenplay written by Edgar Wallace um, with uh, some cover art by the always talented Bob Eggleton. Um, it is uh, it's got some concept art from way back when it's got some like really cool art and stuff inside as well. Uh, I don't know about a U.S. release. I, I'm, I'm sure you can import it. I don't know how it works. It is a U.K. release. That's all the links that I've I've seen for it. But I'm sure there's ways to get it. I, I don't think it's a U.K. exclusive or anything like that. It's just I've never I haven't seen anything for like you know on like Amazon for it or anything like that. It's it's all been like specific to that publishing company in the U.K. Um, but still really really cool. Um, still just some fun stuff. Um, you know, to if you're a big uh, like original Kong fan, just more collector stuff for you. Um, and then the last thing before we take our break, um, so Kyoi Toshi, uh, our good a friend of the cast, um, has gotten the singular singular point novel, um, and has been reading through it. And if you go to uh, at Kyoi Toshi on Twitter, 
you can read uh, her reactions to some of the stuff that's been in there. But I wanted to specifically bring up a couple of things that are at the end of the novel uh, that she found uh, that were that are very, I don't know, not necessarily telling us season two is going to happen, but also kind of uh, like an epilogue well, to the epilogue. Yeah, it's so very like, it's interesting, like kind of like the ep- revelations. Well, we the, yeah, we, well, we got the epilogue of uh, Robo Godzilla or Mecha Godzilla, um, and this this is like stuff that also happened that we didn't get to see that probably would be in the opening of a season two, I would bet. Yeah. Um, so we did learn that uh, we all thought the orthogonal diagonalizer was just the oxygen destroyer, their adaptation of the de- oxygen destroyer. But it turns out that that's not the case. It's actually an imperfect attempt to replicate the original oxygen destroyer, which killed the Godzilla that was in the basement, the skeleton that's now back at Godzilla. Um, so that was fascinating. I was like, that's really interesting. Yeah. It also, um, that's, that skeleton does not have a singular point anymore because of the oxygen destroyer. Yes. It perfectly grounded it in our reality. Exactly. Which leads to the other stuff. So all the other monsters, so all the Gezera, uh, or uh, not Gezera, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the, the Gabara monkey. Yeah. Um, yeah. so he's dead. Uh, Kamunga, all the all those are dead. Angurus dead. Radon dead. Um, yeah, poor Angurus. I mean, you know, I knew true. he was dead, but damn. <laughs> but yeah, so one of the key things that is noted in the novel is that when we saw the ortho, uh, the diagonalizer go off and it created the blue crystals at the end, what it was doing was making those red particles physical in our world, just like the oxygen destroyer made that Godzilla skeleton stay physically in our world without uh, the need for it to be in that weird trans-dimensional state that Godzilla was. Now, what is really interesting, though, is that it does specify that Godzilla is missing, but he's not gone because it it would be all the other ones, there's evidence of them Of them being, being crystallized, yeah. Yeah, here, Godzilla is just missing, and so is uh, Jet, Jet Jaguar. Jaguar, yeah. Um, so that's kind of a, ooh, spooky. Uh, and then also, uh, they do bring up there, there has been discovered a three headed golden fish. Yes. It's like wings. Goro heads off into the office to retrieve an image of a three headed dragon spitting electricity. Havru's kids tell him about another image of an animal wearing what looks to be armor. So I think that's setting up, uh, well, obviously Ghidorah, but the other one, the animal wearing armor, I would assume is, uh, an adaptation King of Caesar. King Caesar. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> hypothetically, if a season two does come about, I could very much see a Ghidorah, Mechagodzilla, King Caesar focused. Yeah. Uh, adaptations of those. And then we have, uh, obviously the return of Ultima. <laughs> Uh, after he uh, after he gets because now because once again that's the that's the thing is the it, with how the diagonalizer works and the, the description of how it works now we know that's what it does like you were saying it brought the skeleton into our physical realm so that now it's like yeah. in our dimension so that means that when Ultima does inevitably reappear he's not interdimensional anymore now he is physically in our yeah. realm there's no 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 need for the red dust. There's no need for any of that. Like he is here. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's really interesting. I really love, I hate Toho. If you're listening to this podcast, I know you're not <laughs> release these novels in English, please. Like I, 
I'm so excited. We have we have fan translations. I, I haven't said this on the cast. We have fan translations of the two anime novels, uh, and we're definitely going to cover those on the cast because there's so much interesting stuff that happens in those novels. We've talked about it before, like the Zilla plague and the like, Gigan like getting blown apart and they just keep replacing his pieces with uh the the nano metal until he becomes like a big cyborg creature like there's so much cool stuff like that and th this is just more stuff of like obviously it's a novelization so it's gonna add more lore that's what novelizations of yeah. stuff does like this is awesome like i got so excited reading this i was like this is a cool oh man if this is how if this is what they take into season two that's gonna be interesting like i want to see what what's up with the Ghidorah fish like why is it different like or is it the same thing like godzilla or what's with king caesar is king caesar a completely different thing has it already been brought into the world or what i don't know it just made me interested in the in the world of singular point again and i i really hope that it does go somewhere <laughs> uh i really hope i really hope toho is sitting on that that singular point announcement just waiting waiting for the right time to drop it yeah um which to be fair would line up with the first one because we had no knowledge that it existed. And they were like, oh, by the way, it's coming out in six months. And we were like, what? When did, the, <laughs> when did you do this? Uh, so, I mean, to be fair, it's the same thing with the uh, Godzilla movie that they've been sitting on for two years now while they were filming it. And then they were like, oh, by the way, it's coming out next, uh, this, you know, 2023 in November. So get excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, well, let's take a quick break. And come back to talk about catnapped. All right. After these messages, we'll be right catnapped. <laughs> that was dumb. The monster will destroy us all. Prehistoric monster will destroy us all. Sure, look at that monster. The monster will destroy us all. Prehistoric monster. The monster. This monster, you think your bombs will stop him? And we are back to talk about. Catnapped. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a film. It's a okay. Uh, just to preface this, first off, uh, uh, it is it is a kids movie. It is a yes. kids movie made by a demented mind, or at the very least, a very distracted mind. Yes. Um, the guy who made Akira was also the head of like the the like I think the writing team. Like he was the director of this as well. You can see that in a lot of like the landscape shots. There's just a lot of beautiful effort put into like big scenes. But in that same regard, this feels very, very much like a like an eighties kids movie, like Secret of Nim style stuff, where it's like yes. weirdly dark in some places, and then like just information gobs of information being dumped at you. Um, yeah. So, well, funny enough, did you know that this guy actually worked on key animation for the movie that we're doing? next what yeah oh my god yeah wow so i did he, not he did key, yeah he did key animation for nausicaa <laughs> uh he was the animation director and character designs for akira uh he did the sonic ova he was the background painter oh, for that okay uh yeah that's awesome you can definitely see this feels like this feels like the b team for miyazaki yes um where there's a lot of beauty, but it's also nowhere near as focused as like a, a Ghibli film ends up usually being, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you could, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not knocking this movie, it. I'm just saying, <laughs> but I am saying like you could, I mean, there's a reason why they would be the, the B team yeah. of Miyazaki. That's all I'll say before we get into it. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I, I have written down a plot here. However, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I've been dealing with uh, a, a, a very sad, emotional pup uh, who was uh, upset throughout the entire movie watching process. Um, <clears throat> so there are two hindrances here. The first... Uh, this, this, you know, movie was being, uh, having its, its attention split between it and uh, a a shouty dog right next to the TV. The secondary thing, and this is a much bigger problem. The first time I watched this, I watched uh, a DVD copy at Vulcan video, which was a local video rental store that died because of COVID. So, uh, I mean, it was already struggling. And then, you know, once they couldn't have reliable like income, it just, yeah, it, it tanked. It's yeah. very sad. Uh, Austin has uh, diminished greatly because of it. But I had access to the DVD copy. Um, the movie exists on uh, <clears throat> uh, YouTube, which is cool. However, uh, currently, the only thing that's available is a 480p rip off of Kiss Anime, which if you are too old to know what that is, Kiss Anime was like the pirate streaming service back in like the early 2000s. It's it still exists. Oh, it, it does. It has a different name. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say what that name is on on live, okay. but it, it does it does still exist. It, okay. Well, uh, yeah, there there's uh, there's ways of uh, finding uh, man, but, you know. Anyway, back in the day, you used to be able to watch anime illegally uh just by typing it into the web browser. Uh, you can still do that now, but, uh, you know, it was more ubiquitous back in the day. Yes. Uh, so looking for a clean copy of this, that isn't just like a rip of a rip of a rip from like an early two thousands, like computer, uh, it is a hundred and $150, $150 <laughs> yeah. on eBay for a DVD copy from like Portugal, uh, with questionable quality. It's a huge bummer because honestly, I really do like this movie, and I do think that it is beautiful, and I do think that like the the creative team behind it put a lot of effort into making it look very spectacular. Um, but like I said, it's a kids' movie, so it's a little bit all over the place. Uh, and with those two hindrances in mind, and the fact that it is a wackadoodle kids' movie, I would like to present you with my best effort. To try and like take down the plot. <laughs> usually my notes end up being like about like three, four pages long. Three and a half is like usually like my normal. Uh this taps out at exactly uh uh two pages. Uh and not even. <laughs> it struggles across that finish line because while a lot happens, so much of it is given maybe two minutes of screen time before hard cutting to the next bit. So I tried to capture all the really, really important narrative arcs uh, and narrative beats. However, uh, it is very possible that there is more information, and we will be talking about that in more detail as we move through the rest of the episode. But uh, but yeah, let's begin by talking about the plot, shall we? Yeah. Kick off! We're treated to a practical effect miniature stage play as the credits roll. But the movie starts proper with a boy named Torius Picking his nose and staring vacantly at the empty doghouse. It <laughs> looks like Papa Doll's gone missing. While Miko, his sister, is pretty concerned about the missing pup, Torius is aloof. Turns out Torius is a huge butthole, as he suddenly started being mean to Papa Doll right before he disappeared. 
uh, Miko is convinced that aliens stole the dog. And despite Torius's insistence that that didn't happen, she may have a point. Because that night, three talking cats from another dimension appear and catnap the siblings. That's well, the name of the movie. That was the name of the movie. I, I, I got it. I, I pointed at the screen. I said, that's the name of the movie. Uh, well, it's not actually kidnapping. It's more like uh, politely borrowing them. Uh, and they have a cool cat-themed blimp to help them as they make their way to the cat dimension. <laughs> Bonapal wit. <laughs> Soon, with the power of bubbles, they are transported to <gasps> a giant cat. That's right. Unlike, <laughs> unlike the real world, which is a flat disc that sits on the back of four elephants, which themselves stand on top of one giant turtle, turtle in real life, uh, Bonapal Wit is a cartoon wonderland that rests on the top of a sleeping uh, cat, two-headed cat. Yep. <laughs> Flat Earther joke, sorry. Uh, Discworld <laughs> joke, really. Uh, uh, that's not that's not all that's strange, as the siblings quickly turn into furries as soon as they're hit by the light of Bonapal Wit's sun. Man, that's wild. Surely that's the last big reveal for a little while, right? Uh-oh, it turns out Mr. Sandra, or Master Sandra, the king of Bonapal Wit, has been turned into a balloon by the evil princess Booberina. After another perfect name for probably the most blatant spot the fetish we've ever encountered here on Tokyo Lives. No time for that, though, as Papa Doll arrives, and he's huge! A giant monster, one could say? Is that right? Is this does this count? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Turns out Princess Booberina is working with an evil sorcerer named Doodoo, who stole <laughs> who stole Papa Doll and brought him to this world. And after two days, he turned into this giant kaiju. Turns out this evil sorcerer has a huge crush on Booberina. <laughs> but he can't touch her because otherwise he'll turn into a balloon. And that's a that's a whole thing. They really play that up for a, a while. They do. Remember earlier when I said the sun turned the siblings into furries? Well, that's right. It turns out after two days of exposure to the sun, you can turn into a kaiju yourself. And there's a really cool sequence where the kid imagines what he would look like when he turns into a kaiju. Yep. Uh, any other backstories you want to get out of the way, movie? Why, Yes. Turns out Princess Booberina was always a butthole. Back when she was a child in the middle of a magic show, Booberina forced the daughter of uh, forced a girl to do a tightrope walk, which led to her death. Uh, uh, and the performer's father turned out to be a super magician who decided to curse Booberina by giving her the inflation fetish version of the Midas touch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway. Are, uh, uh, anyway, Master Sandra has created a potion that, after being excreted and extruded and extracted, will be able to knock Papa Doll out. And then Torius will be able to remind him of the good times, which will turn him back into a, a normal dog. I, which that that that's a plot point, sure, <laughs> uh, uh, which will turn him back into a beloved pup. We cut back and we cut back to Booberina in time to see that she has an evil plan in mind. That's right. Papa Doll's been kidnapping the local cat people in his giant dog mouth. 
then bringing them back to Boomerina for her to turn them into giant balloon fodder. Yes, she's making a giant balloon mouse that she'll use to entice the giant cat that sleeps at the bottom of the planet, causing an earthquake? And then somehow Pompadol will bark at the giant cat, which will make it not scared anymore? And then it'll go back to sleep and then the earthquake will stop? I don't know. Her plan is very vaguely put together, and it doesn't seem like it has a real conclusion or narrative through point, but whatever, I guess that's what we're going with. Anyway, they make a giant mouse by shoving people into it and recreating the scene from Nope. But, you know, fun this time, because they're all balloons, and there's no horse corpse. It's true. Also, a real mouse owns the moon and is in love with a cat. That's just a side note, though. Don't worry about it, because we're moving on. Time for a Mission Impossible moment. Torius, with the help of a cat Sundere name, it autocorrected to Chocoholic, but her name is Choo Choo. Uh, Choo Choo is lowered down towards Papadol with the medication, but the rope is just too dang short, and he accidentally slips the drug into onto Boobarina's face. Uh-oh. Choo Choo and Torius run away from Papadol, as Boobarina, but Boobarina manages to capture them. Don't worry, though, because Boobarina licked the medication off of her face and immediately passes out and, I guess, gets narcolepsy for the rest of the movie? Oh, man, that seems like a bummer. <laughs> uh, with time running out, Torius jumps onto Papadol and suddenly remembers what Papadol meant to him. So it turns out the Papadol was uh, abusing... Uh, 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 sorry, uh, Torius was abusing Papadol because uh, the neighborhood brats were mean to him and then he got... He took his anger out on this poor, sweet dog. Yes. Because uh, the main character is a child uh, and is a, is a, you know, redirects his anger at a, a sweet little helpless dog. It's a very sad scene. It's, uh, I, mean, I never found myself torturing a dog when I was a kid, but man, oh, man, uh, I redirected my anger as a child. And, uh, you know, it was very real. It's a sad, sad scene. It's a very messed up scene, in fact. Uh, <laughs> and after a moment of introspection, realize that dogs are actually just good little dudes. After a quick scuffle, Torius falls from Papadol, but the giant monster remembers the boy and refuses to harm him. Torius, with the power of friendship and an apology, is able to reunite Papadol with his collar, which uh, he wrote a note on that says, like, don't take my dog and, and drain him of all his blood, dear aliens, because he's my dog and I love him. And that turns Papadol back into a good little pup. Uh, also restoring the collar somehow. Yeah, magic. It's magic. It's fine. It's magic. It's fine. <laughs> After grabbing his sister, the pair outrace the rising sun and return to Earth, seeing that only a few minutes have passed while they were on their grand adventure. And so, with Papadol returned, everything has returned to normal. That is, until the cats show up the next morning, saying that Papadol Wit is in need of their assistance. The end. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, okay, so this movie is wild. Uh, first <laughs> of all. Second of all, um, I just wanted to point something out because we talked about it in the after dark, so I just wanna I just wanna clear the air. So this movie is a kids' movie. Oh yes. So we are not claiming that this movie intentionally was fetishizing that no. stuff. The inflation it's thing was just much, a bit, sorry. It's No, no, I know. I, I just wanted to, like, clarify it on the <laughs> cast itself. It's more of, you know those, like, I, I feel like everybody who's an adult knows, like, 
you go back and watch a cartoon and you're just like, huh, that's odd. Uh, Especially if you're in any way knowledgeable about... (laughs) If you've been on the internet, or anything, if you're if a you've millennial, gone on the internet, yeah, uh, yeah, it's so it is just it was hilarious because Rob had mentioned that it was like spot the fetish is too easy for this movie, and so <laughs> I was like, what is it going to be? And then it happened, and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's not uh, like okay. Well, also let me put this out there: of all the fetishes out there, this is a very mild one. This is so it's extremely not very, tame, like, and it's not. Like that. <laughs> it's not like you know. It's not portrayed in a sexual no. way. It in is just way, like a form. character touches another character, and they boop, they pop into a giant balloon version yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Um. It's not. It's not done for any kind of gratification or any weird no, stuff no, like no. that. They are literally just. They become fragile things that would pop if she were to touch yes. them. And that's kind of like the point of her curse. Uh, it, it, but it is a little inconsistent. And I yeah, don't. So plants okay, so, burst and a bug ex- just pops when it touches her. Right. So she she says that she can just pop people like yes. by, by touching them. But yeah. like she also could just touch them and turn them into balloons. So at the beginning of the movie, I thought that she could control it in some way. Or yeah. like if she touched someone for longer, it would yeah. make them pop. But like. Then they kind of disprove that right away, and so it's like very like confusing. I thought uh, like cause... it's also very inconsistent. Of like, does she have to like touch them with her hand? Yeah, or is it like any part of her body? Because yeah. like later on, she is touching other people with other parts of her body, and nothing's happening. Yeah. So like, there's a point where she lands on some of the people that are already turned into balloons. Yeah, and that, that you doesn't... would think would pop because of what she said earlier, but they don't. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very inconsistent. But once again, it's a kids' movie, so you're not supposed to think about that stuff. So <laughs> just move on, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it's... yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to sneak that in there because we play we play spot the fetish a lot, and I know like sometimes it's very like obvious of like ooh yeah you've got some stuff going on in your head this, this one's doesn't, more of like a this doesn't feel like uh i don't feel grossed out like when we watched uh carnosaur no. it's it's not it's not this, gross at any I, I, it's I, just it's just a thing yeah. like it, as an adult being knowledgeable of the internet and knowledgeable of fetishes like, uh, you notice it I see. but like <laughs> it's not a it's not a it's not gross in any yeah. way shape or form um but uh this movie is also we're going to talk about it in animation, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's a very psychedelic movie in the sense oh, of super, like when they get yeah. to the cat world, it's like, oh, <laughs> right, colorful, weird, angled. Like the way the world works, the moon is literally a, a giant glowing thing, a hunk of rock that like a lovesick mouse has to carry into the sky on a chariot. And they don't ever really go over who the girl that the uh, like the cat that he's in love with is. They just we kind of glance. Her. We see her, but we, we just glance twice. over her whole story. Oh yeah, they don't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, well, they talk. They talk about it, but they don't talk. About they, it. they they mention it, and then sorry. So that's the point. That's the bit uh, of the intro of this episode is that like they don't. We don't have anything to say about it because they don't say what it is. But like that's something that I appreciated about this when I watched it the very very first time. Was I was like, oh, this is like primo kid movie content where it's like very Baron Munchausen. It's just like stuff is just happening. Things are moving every new scene. There's a new, like here's some of the physics of this world. Here's some of the mechanics of this world. Here's some of lore. Here's some lore. Here's it. It just bump up up up. And it just moves at a constant clip. And so 
the narrative is less important than the experience. But yes. since we are a podcast that has to kind of break down and digest films, it is a little bit harder to write down the you can't contextualize an experience. No. It's hard to well, it's harder to. And I'm not as yeah. good at it as I am about like just writing down what's happening. Right. Uh but it is an experience. It's not necessarily just a a thing. It is an experience. <laughs> sure. And I guess yeah. that's final thoughtsy, but after talking about the plot and it being so uh, haphazard sounding, I just wanted to clarify the film itself feels consistent within itself. The narrative, when you think about it and you try and break it down into an A, B and C plot structure gets a little wonky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, well, you know, I'll talk about it when we're, we're going through the characters right now. Sure. Uh, so, okay. So uh, first we've got uh, Toriyasu, a.k.a. Torius. Yeah. Uh, he's the protagonist, quote unquote, of the movie. Yes. Uh, he is, as you kind of called him, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, he's he's experiencing some bullying in the real world. Because uh, he likes said, aliens. Which... He is a kid who is obsessed with aliens and he runs around yes. with his dog at night trying to find aliens. Um, and everyone at school knows that he's like an alien nerd. Yes. And they want to make fun of him for it because they're kids. They're all just mean bullies. Yeah. Um, and so the inciting incident of why he fully just rejected Papa Doll and honestly abused him and then left him to like sit and, you know, uh, neglect uh, was like him and Papa Doll were walking somewhere and he was having fun. And then like some bullies from school saw him. They started messing with him, and he tried to use Papa Doll to, to help him. Like, he pushed his dog between him, the bullies, and the bully's dog. And the bully's dog was just a big, way bigger hound. It was way more aggressive. And Papa Doll ran eventually and, like, ran away from him, knocked him down. And so all the bullies laughed at him, and the, they all walked away. Yeah. So when he went back home, he he is shown kicking this dog. And it's yes. it's a very messed up, like sad scene like it's i mean you know you don't see the actual violence of the dog but you see like the bruise you know kind of thing where they like you know when like an anime character gets scuffed up from like a fight they do that so they're very they're they show and give the sound effects of the dog being hit and then based off of the rest of the movie what we see is that like he fully just rejected pop at all as a friend or as a sibling because the flashbacks that we do have we see that he saw this dog as family Yes. You know, he's my blood, you know, is what he wrote down on the collar, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it is really just like tragic to see that like this kid repositioning his anger and aggression out onto this dog and then neglecting the dog. And you hear about the effects of that, which is Papa Doll just like lost all of his energy. He was just like sleeping outside all the time. He wasn't going anywhere because he wasn't getting walks because uh, the brother stopped playing. Uh, 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 Torius stopped, or Toriyamas, stopped playing with Papa Doll. This dog just gets, you know, and so he's yeah. like sad. And that's why the villains are able to utilize Papa Doll for all their schemes because they're nice to him, essentially. Yeah. They love what Papa Doll can bring them just by being yeah. himself. So right. it's a, it's a definitely like a, a, like fable with a moral kind of thing, you know? Sure, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. So then we've got Miko, his sister. Oh, God, um, that voice. Who, who uh, 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the dub, uh, unfortunately, gives her a voice that is ear grating to say the least. I, think uh, the, I was trying to piece it together because I remember watching oh. the DVD version and like, I, you know, I, I remember it being annoying, but I didn't really care about it as much. And it's not compression. No. It is, here's what the problem is. The voice actress has one tone. Yes. She does not have any variance or fluctuation in her voice. No. Uh, it is like an even and keel. they're pitching it. Yeah. It's so a it's... keening noise. The entire time it's you hear a popper voice. It's like, uh. yeah. <laughs> so like she's already speaking in a high tone voice and yeah. then they're pitching it up. And like you said, there's no variation in that voice. So yeah. like, it's just this constant, just like. Keening sound. Yeah. And it's, it's, oh my God. That was the first thing I texted you. I yeah. was just like, oh God, the voice. Oh. And I was like. Because I also had, that was one of the days that I had a really bad sinus headache oh, too. no. So that voice was just like, oh no. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so she. Uh, she's the action gal. She does a bunch of stuff on her yeah. end. But she's mostly there as kind of a vehicle for us to have the plot explained to us. You know, she she's almost more the real protagonist of the story. Yeah, I would almost say uh, because because uh, Torius is like a kind of a complicated like, you know, he's got the, you know, the abuse of the dog yeah. and, and that all stuff. And I, I know the story is more about his relationship to the dog, but Miko kind of does the stuff that the more traditional protagonist in an anime like this does. Yeah, Like she goes into the you know, she gets. She gets taken, but she also goes to rescue the 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 townspeople, and yeah. she does all the action stuff until yeah. the very end. Um, uh, she does form a friendship with one of the specific cats, uh, Sutoboke. Uh, yeah, the three cat bros who are very interesting, but I but I, don't get enough time to. Really... Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't write about them in the plot because, like the the cat nappers themselves are these three cats who are just three old men, essentially. And while they all seem, you know, like they have, you know, character arcs that could be there, they don't really get fleshed out enough because there's a lot of characters happening in this. Yeah. <laughs> really, the only thing that's distinct about them is their visual look. Yes. Like the three the three brothers have a very, or well, three I mean, not brothers, but three cats have a very distinct all, look. To each all other. the characters have very, very distinct looks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Except for maybe the background balloon characters, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so then we have our villain, uh, Boobarina. Boobarina. Uh, uh, Boobarina. B U B U R I N A. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, she's your stereotypical, like, evil, like, princess kind of stereotype. I, uh, trying to take story, over the world, the world kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, through intimidation and, and bullying. Uh, I yes. thought that her backstory is really interesting because we see that there is a a young girl that is you know just like a kid. She's learning some basic magic trick stuff while from her, her dad, from yeah. her father, yeah. And so everyone there at the party is just like, oh, good, like they're like really proud that like she, oh, she that's so cute. She did one little tiny magic trick. Oh, that's so cute. She's dancing. Right. And so they're being nice adults to a child. Yes. But Buberina is like. I hate that this child that is my age is getting more attention than me. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the dad and <laughs> the king and queen are utterly powerless. 
as she demands more and more entertainment out of this this uh, young girl till eventually she's like do a tightrope walk up there and if you help your uh your like daughter i'll have you exiled from our kingdom kind of she, thing. she she says you'll never leave the palace again or something yeah. like that it's like um, well, you know and like i guess the king's okay with that he's like oh please my daughter please don't do this right uh and so the uh like cat dancer girl does fall to her death um and then like the old she's like oh well you know it's not my fault she did that you know she was the one who fell off that's her fault um and it's a very interesting character moment like that little break right there because you see her trying to rationalize her cruelty in a very messed up way i thought that was like oh wow what a villain you know yeah it, it was i i think it the there's one char- one thing with her character that I was I, I was hoping they were going to do more with, but it's also one of those side things that they just kind of do and then they just kind of ignore is uh, the fact that she did keep her parents alive. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, but then they never did anything with it. No. Like they, she was like, I mean, she threatened. She was like, I, I could pop like, you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I could have popped please, you, but I kept you alive because you're my parents. Please, little we could have, if we had a pack for you, not given you everything you wanted, we would not be with this situation. You know, and it's yeah. just like, okay, wait. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was nothing wrong with her character. I think her character was fine. It was, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I have a problem with is... Uh, that she doesn't really get a good comeuppance. Uh, no. Usually a character like this would have, especially because she has this specific curse on her. Yeah. I feel like there would have been like a comeuppance at the end where she would have popped herself somehow or so, you know, something yeah. weird could have happened or like, but she kind of just lands on the water. And is like, Oh no, I'm afraid of water. Yeah. Like that's the end of the movie. And it's kind of like, well, okay. Uh, like, I, I don't know. It, this um, definitely feels like an episode of Power Rangers, and she's yes. Rita Repulsa, where like Rita, Rita never gets her comeuppance because like she has to be around for the next episode, you know. Yes, she's got to go. Oh, curse you, Rangers! Yeah, you know? and but, then like, but, but this isn't. There's never a, a sequel. Show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll talk about that more in my least favorite moment, but yeah. Uh, but I, 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 that's the only thing that I was kind of ups- like sad about is that she never got she never got a good comeuppance as the main villain. Like, yeah, I, I really would have liked some sort of fun you know oh she she gets thrown onto the 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 balloon mouse thing and it goes zooming off into the distance or something yeah oh no she gets stuck on the cat you know yeah like and so she has like she can't like wake it up oh oh, no you know yeah so she's like she's careful yeah Yeah. something something that would that like that would have been fun uh but i mean overall though she's still a fun villain yeah uh she's got some good menace to her she has some good uh like uh, she has, she has a weird uh hypnotize hypnotizing Hypno, power. hypno eyes which are very uh, funny and unexplained. Funny. Uh, <laughs> which to be fair, I make fun of uh my cat Mochi for having the same eyes, little squirrely eyes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so another thing with her power, like I said, it's kind of very inconsistent as far as like it doesn't always work. But also, um something to really note is that the care the people or creatures from from our, our world yeah. cannot be affected by the curse yeah because so. the curse specifically says in their kingdom yeah so it, it, it's an interesting little anyone thing in your there. king anyone in this kingdom you desire will turn into a party balloon or something yeah like. something like that i'm sure the the <laughs> japanese version is actually way more threatening but yeah uh but anyway scary. um 
So then we have Choo Choo, uh, yeah. the other protagonist or antagonist, excuse me. Um, no, she's a protagonist. Oh, wait, Choo Choo no, no, no. is the Choo Choo is the, yeah, sorry, is the thinking, yeah. Tsundere love interest. Yes, yes. So <sighs> I, she's weird. She's very underbaked. Uh, her whole her whole persona is that she's supposed to be kind of like the like the cute pseudo you know like kid romance yeah. where it's just like in like a in an eighties kids movie where it's like there's like the cute girl and the like the boy characters kind of like uh, and like the height of romance is like you get a peck on the cheek kind of thing you know that like yeah. that kind of like romance that exists in like kids films. Um, that's kind of the role she's supposed to play while still being like very sedary about it. Um, so they kind of like, you know, they drop all these weird little like hints where she's like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with like two people, different species like each other. Right. And she's like, but it's not, I mean, like, you know, like, I guess you could have carried me or you could woke me up, whatever. I guess it's cute. You know, whatever. Baka. <laughs> Baka. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. t- you know, like I thought you were cuter as a cat, but you could like come over to our world whenever you want to or whatever. I don't care. Right. Uh, yeah. I, she's, but she's also weird with her design because she's the least cat looking cat person. Yes. Well, they had to there. have her still. I mean, you know I know. Why. You I know. Why. You know why. But I have to point it out because it is a very distinct difference because she looks like what Torius and Miko look like yes. when they transform, yes. whereas everybody else that's looks, there is a cat. Yeah. Is an actual cat. Like they, she still, she has human features. Yes. But it is supposed to be a cat, which it's just an odd thing I noticed. At first, I thought they were going to do something with like, like, oh, she's a human that did transform, but because she's been here long, somehow she was able to avoid the. She didn't turn into a thing. monster. Yeah, she didn't turn into a I monster. I wear sunscreen. <laughs> something, something. But anyway, uh, yeah. Um, then we've got uh, the characters that really don't matter real quick. Like we said, it's the three uh, scientist guys yep. who kidnapped them. We've got uh, Sendata is apparently his name. Oh, yeah. Uh, the old man wizard that got yes. the glove stolen. That's uh, the 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 first introduction of Master the balloon Sendata, stuff. Master Sendata, yeah. Um, and then we've got uh, Dodo, which Dodo. is the villain. I called him Dodo, but it's Dodo. Dodo yes. is a uh, an upstart young wizard who was trained by Sendata, but apparently... The wizard not only cursed Boobarina with being able to turn people into balloons, but also cursed her painting to where people will fall in love with her. Yes. Which kind of seems counterintuitive. But anyway, there's a magical painting that if you look at, you fall in love with this cat princess lady. So what we're saying is the, the, the court magician is the one with the balloon fetish and he's the one that started all this yes because uh, he cursed it so that like boobarina would turn more people into balloons because they would fall in love with they her would and fall in love with her yeah i'm very confused as to why he also because <laughs> he is he doesn't like explicitly say like outdoor painting would make people fall but he looks, he just at, the looks painting, at it <clears throat> and then yeah. it starts to glow and he looks like he like says some other thing and he's like oh well it's so sad anyway and then he leaves yeah it's very very confusing um the so Dodo, I did not catch this. I did not know that he's the big big brother of Choo Choo. That's why yes. I confused the two. Well, they say brother. Yeah. Uh, you really think your brother's gonna? You know. Yeah. Um, um, and then the other thing to note is his design. I just think he's really interesting because he's like, he's like a, he has a huge creepy eyes. Yes. Uh, he has a comb over. <laughs> yeah, and he has a comb over. He's you know what? 
He's the Jeremy Combs of cats. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, uh, it, it's uh, yeah, and he has this giant, very cool looking cat gauntlet, which is like a cat. It's like it's it's a scratcher basically, with this big cat eye on the back, and it's got like this pinstripe design and these big claws, which yeah. he uses to scratch Papa doll, uh, and also control telekinesis and all sorts of magic yeah. stuff. Because uh, apparently, because apparently, it can also remove the curse. Yeah, because the when the when the wizard gets it at the he's end, like, oh, he he turns everyone back to yeah to normal. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so yeah, we've we've already briefly mentioned it, but before we moved to Pop Doll, uh, I did want to like double down on they introduced these two characters, this mouse and this cat lady that fell in love. Yes. Um and And it's a plot critical thing. They distract they distract from the narrative. They distract away from like here's Booperina's evil plan. Yes. Smash cut. Hey, do you know what? Those two, that moon's really important. Look at that moon because that yes. moon is uh, flown by a mouse who fell in love with a cat. And we cut to the mount, the, the we cat see in both. a tower. Yeah. And I was Somewhere? so confused because she looks like I, I kept thinking she was the princess. Yeah. Because but, I was like, wait, because she looks like a princess. It's and also I was like, yeah. What is what is this? And then I was so confused why they introduced the plot. And then when I, I said this in the after dark, but like when they introduced the idea of what Boomerina was trying to do, yeah, I thought that it was gonna be because it was it's supposed to be a giant inflated mouse that is the thing yeah. that makes the cat chase. I was like, oh, she took the 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 love interest, the yeah. love mouse, the mouse that's in love, and inflated him, and that's gonna be yeah the thing that she's using. And it's like her pride and joy. She she made him bigger than any of the other balloons somehow, yeah. and that was going to be the big thing. But no, no, it's just like this weird like you know, giant balloon like mascot mascot a yeah. Macy's uh, Day like parade. A float. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so I was just like, so what's the point of this? And then like, yeah, and then it just never goes anywhere. And like the only reason, the literal only reason for that to be there in the plot is for. Choo Choo and Torius's little thing that they Their have that never goes anywhere either. Moment, which obviously would have probably been like crucial to like later episodes, movies, second movie, whatever it's gonna be. Uh, but like, yeah, yeah like it, it goes nowhere. Uh, yeah, in this movie. Uh, neither of those two plot lines go anywhere. No, and uh, it's so it's so. There's a lot of little things they do like that throughout the movie, but that one is the most egregious because it's the one that seems because they spend important. the time animating. Him, his situation, and her situation. Because she's in a tower overlooking the the launch, the moon launch site. Yes. Like, she watches him every day as he, like... Yes. Like, and he's, like, this old, busted, like, mouse warrior man that has to, like, stomp out and, like, pull the moon up so that it can, like, get onto its chariot thing and be pulled into the sky. Yes. Which which I didn't catch what that was until I thought about it more. And I yeah. was like, oh! Oh, okay, that makes sense. It's but still, sun. I was yeah. like, "Why is this here?" Yeah. Um, and it just—it's it, Hermes, it, it's, but it's a mouse and the moon instead of the sun. It's also really weird because wait, not Hermes. Oh my god. Uh, 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 oh, not Apollo? Hermes. Yes, Apollo, Apollo and one of them, but it's also uh, God. Uh, oh, what is his name? Uh, god of War. Come on, God of War brain. Hold on. <laughs> Sun carrying God. Oh, Helios and Apollo. Helios, thank you. Helios. 
The okay. word for sun, Helios. Anyway, yes. or Helios, yeah. Okay. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> the worst Helios part, drives like, the chariot. Okay, Like Sorry. you were saying, though, the thing that, uh, the, it, it comes out of nowhere, and they spent a lot of time on it, especially because it comes really close to the flashback with Boomerina getting yes. cursed. Yeah. So it seems like, oh, oh there's going to be connection gonna be here. It's going to time in. There's yeah. going to be some kind of like, oh, well, she's this way. She wants to destroy the world because she can't be or with the, her boyfriend. Yeah. Or the girl is like Boomerina's sister, like another oh, heir to the throne yeah. or something. I, I don't know. Something. But yeah, it turns or, out Or, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, honestly, even the like gal who got killed, you know, like. That would have been a good twist too. And then like, like oh, she didn't just, actually die, but. Yeah. Or she's yeah. like, now she's just a ghost that haunts him and he, yeah. like he carries the moon every night because he's sad. I don't know. Uh, anyway, it goes nowhere. But it goes nowhere. I just wanted to mention that That's here. honestly, we've um, talked about it a lot. That's my least favorite moment. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll, we'll... I, I've got I've got some other things I can talk about. Okay, like okay, that one I was gonna say because we still got to talk Papa Doll real quick. Um, yeah. For for the kaiju of the film. Oh yes. Um. So Papa Doll. Um. So obviously in 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 the real world he's just a normal he's like a uh, bull terrier kind of guy. Something. Yeah. He's got a very distinct uh, uh, spot pattern. On yeah. His, like uh, a paw cheeks. print underneath his uh, his right eye. And then he has a single spot down on the other cheek. Yes. Yeah, you'll see you'll see it on the image because I, yes. I, I made those I copied those <laughs> out out, um, and so that's what his normal form looks like. But yeah. then, uh, because he mutated because of the world, he has a kaiju form, yes. which looks very different from it's, his. Uh, he is a dog still dog-like, uh, but yes. now he's a cartoon character. He has a his head gets giant, super sized. He, his eyes turn green with red pupils and they swim around in his skull. They're they always like, yeah. like, woo, woo. They're just yeah. like looking all over the place. Uh, and then the other most distinguished, uh, distinguishing feature is his big tongue now is covered in polka dots. Yes. Uh, and so he, you know, like, and seems to have the power of flight now. Yes, he can just fly. He can fly. <laughs> um, he gets some. He gets some fun uh, kaiju sequences, which I'll, I'll talk about. Uh, at least one of them in my favorite. Honestly, but, yeah, that sequence, uh, his his arrival and that really first yeah. scene of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll I'll talk about that. But um, yeah. So he, but he's yeah. So as as we saw, as we talked about, the reason why he's big is because he was in their world for long enough. Yeah. Um, is as the rules of the movie has told us. Yeah. Um. However, he can be uncursed. Uh, With by yeah, reminding of his friendship, happy memories. Um, it's very unclear. The movie doesn't really spend a lot of time on it, other than get his dog chain around in his collar, and that'll save the day. Yeah. Okay. It it, cool. it does seem like there is a physical component to the curse, which is being connected to the sunlight twice in a forty-eight hour period, or touched by the sunlight, and then the other is a emotional thing where you can turn back into a normal person or animal if you remember what it's like to be a normal person and animal yeah Ah. (laughs) so there's that there's also something that's a little weird that i didn't think about until just now yeah so we established that humans when they come to this world they turn into cats because this is literally the world of cats yes why didn't Papa Doll like change into like some form of cat like dog? Like, okay, you know, so like... f- think think D and D fantasy template. Humans are the generic 
the generic yeah, thing. I guess. And then all other creatures are just humans plus different attribute, right? True. So when they came into con, but dogs, dogs are dogs. You can't yeah. have a dog cat. I mean, that would have to be, that'd be a weird, like, tubular creature and it would have to have like one cat head and one dog head it would just be weird or how would it poop it wouldn't make any sense and i would definitely not run with that as a tv show and i especially wouldn't make their parents a yeti and a frog so what i'm saying is uh, see that was a deep callback god does anyone even remember that show is that somebody somebody's gonna get that reference i did i grew up on that show uh absolutely good show yeah fantastic um yeah, no, I don't know. I don't, it's just something that just popped in my head. I'm just yeah, like, I don't know. Like, he, you could have done something like... And well, especially with how crazy they made, like, the cat monster that, like, Torius was yeah, theoretically going to become. The fake, the fake out one. Yeah, which could have just been him imagining it. So it didn't have yeah. to be realistic. Papa Doll looks like Papa Doll, but with, like, a polka dot tongue and green eyes. Yeah. And that's about it. And he's big. So he's I, huge. Maybe it would have been interesting if we had seen... Uh, when he first got brought in, just for a split second, yeah, like, uh, and just seeing like, oh, he turned into like a smaller form of the big monster, yeah, when he got brought, not into a cat, but just like some of those aspects carried into his, yeah, uh, the whatever <laughs> the, world, kaiju I, form, yeah, kaiju. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> he has no other powers other than being able to uh, fly I, and destroy things. I would say his his like. Being able to like grab people into his like body and not eat them because he, because he doesn't because he swallows them very definitively in that first sequence, but like he does just kind of like regurgitate yeah. them. Yeah. Like, so it's like almost like he stores them and then just kind of spits them out. Yeah, I uh, I mean, uh, having had two dogs, I can't tell you how many times I've said like, no, 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 drop it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, but, but it doesn't look they, like he keeps them in his mouth though. Yeah, no, he does. They, he does like make a swallowing motion. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, when he eats a couple of them. Anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. All right. So favorite, least favorite. Uh, sure. I guess let's start with least favorite because we kind of already bitched in one of yours. Yeah. Um, I guess if I had a follow up one, uh, it is honestly like so many things are just like kind of like half mentioned and then kind of dropped. Uh, and like, obviously, the biggest one is the uh, the mouse and the the, the princess. Um, but I think that, uh, for me, the, the other like least favorite thing that kind of like what we butt up against is that like, I, I don't really know the limitations or the structure of what the magic is. It's very clear that the writers had something in mind for how all the magic works in this. Yes. They had a very specific mindset for like, here's how the moon works. Here's how the sun works. Here's how time passes. They had something in mind but they never communicate that in a clear enough fashion where a character goes like for each one of these balls it passes through like in an 80s movie right you'd have a characters are all crammed in the spaceship and like you'd have one of the kids turn over and be like wait what do you mean like uh 18 bits until blah 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 it's like for each one of these bits that passes uh this many hours pass in our world and this many minutes in yours or whatever you'd have like a moment where a character would turn to ostensibly the audience and be like here's what's up kids <laughs> the movie tries to have that moment like Roughly, there is yeah. but it's not it doesn't it's not it's not explained it's well very hand wavy like all they all do is just be like oh yeah it's only like three minutes in the real world yeah. and they just that's all you find out you don't find out what it equates to you don't like 
Yeah. You don't get a lot of explanation. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, they also I think... do not even remotely mention the sun and how that works. No, like, and, but I was going to say... A it, giant it, jet engine explodes and a sun launches into the sky. It's very... Uh, it's cool. Uh, at the end, especially when they're adding kind of the artificial uh, tension by just calling out random numbers. Yes. Uh, it feels very Frieza, you know. Oh, this yeah. planet will explode in five minutes. And, like, you're just like, okay, it's been... We're, <laughs> 15 we're eight, episodes. Eight, we're What's going on? In. We've had, you know, <laughs> three hours worth of content. The planet hasn't exploded yet. Um, it felt like that kind of, that same kind of time dilation of, like, not yeah. knowing, like... Okay, you're saying there's five balls left, but I don't know what that means. Does yeah. that mean five minutes in this world? Does that mean... Yeah, well, because it's like, oh, we're on taking clock. 90 balls. And then, like, a little bit of action happens. They're like, 15 balls left. And then it's like, eight balls. And it's like, the time, the time frame is just like... doesn't equate to the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, the 90 to 15 was like, you know, three minutes of movie. And then the 15 to Two and then to one, two is yeah. like... <laughs> yeah it's it's i agree with that well the the fact that there is a a clear logic that is present in the minds of the writer that just did not get conveyed or even like really fleshed out and here's the thing when i first watched it years ago i was like that's so neat that's so cool all right yep. but as an analytical mind trying to right ta- like tack this down onto like a wall so i can understand the full shape of it I'm left wanting more and the the movie is like, no, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious because that ties to mine. Hey. Um, so okay. <laughs> this movie we've kind of already talked about it a little bit, including talking about the plots that go nowhere. So this movie ends on a cliffhanger. Yes. And uh it's I joked about it in the after dark, so I'm gonna say the joke here again because it's perfect. <laughs> If you've ever seen the Super Mario Brothers movie, the live action, obviously, I know the anime is coming out soon, so I have to specify that now. <laughs> um, Princess Daisy shows up at the end randomly, and like the first, it's not an after credit scene, but it's like it's like almost the first of that kind of stinger, yeah, that's existed. Uh, and like so, she shows up, and like they're like, and she's like, I need your help, and they're like, Why? What's going on? And she's like, You're never gonna believe it, and like. <laughs> It's supposed to tease towards a sequel that obviously never happened. Um, this does the same thing, but I want to call it out specifically because it's indicative of a lot of things. Like we've kind of already talked about how it feels like this was like set up for a yeah. sequel to take place in the same world, or this is set up like almost like a a, a show. Yeah, like this is the extended like OVA first episode of yeah. a show, um, which obviously never happened i don't even know if that was the actual plan but that's how it feels yeah that's when the movie like really starts to fall apart for me at times is when i'm like watching it and they start talking about something hell that they wanted to do more with this idea tomorrow tomorrow yeah and And it's like there's no tomorrow sorry (laughs) so there so like the the climax is kind of it loses its oomph yeah because they kind of they leave a lot of threads open it feels very episodic at the end. And yeah. then we have the cliffhanger, a little tease. And it's just like, I like, you probably shouldn't have done that. You probably should have had, like, once again, like I said, the, the comeuppance for the villain to end the movie on. Or, yeah. uh, you know, like, and, and, and it's one of those things, uh, you know, we talked about how this feels at times, like the Studio Ghibli B team. 
Um, that's the one yeah. thing you can always say about Studio Ghibli films, even if they have an open-ended ending where they kind of tease like some some sort of uh, yeah uh, thing. Like uh, you feel like the story has concluded, though. Yeah. Like even if it's like oh, the magical world they were in still exists. Like yeah. it's not you know like it's not gone or whatever. Like that kind of feeling is there, but you still feel concluded with the story. Yeah. I did I, not feel concluded. No, with this movie, like I, it didn't feel con- like a conclusion. No, it, it's it's definitely it's also like there's such a tight time span on everything. But yeah, I I fully get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, um yeah but let's uh let's move into favorites sure uh, i have a very dumb one okay but it was absolutely my favorite moment so during the mission impossible sequence i mentioned where uh our our Taurus is coming down uh and he accidentally drugs booberina uh there's a little while before she like passes out uh and choo-choo has to jump in to try and save her boyfriend Ugh. uh and she pulls out a sword and like there's a split second where it's like, oh, she's gonna have a fight with the and then she presses a button on the sword and it poof, a little cat toy pops out of the tip of the sword, a little fishing line cat toy. And yep. she hup, hurls it towards uh Boobarina's face and it lands right next to her and starts bobbling around a little bit, and then she starts playing like a cat with this the evil bad like bad guy. And like Boobarina's like <laughs> like skittering around on the ground and chasing it and swiping at it and then getting distracted from that and like running back over to like attack Torius and then like getting distracted again. Yeah. And it's like they so perfectly capture cat energy. Yeah. And it's so funny because up to that point, they seem very uncat like. Right. But that one moment, they really I was like, yeah. ah, that's good. That's very goofy. Yeah. I mean, it's a trope we've seen a million times before. Oh, yeah. You know, like but it's... The, the dog is obsessed. It, like. I think you know, he's a normal character that they throw the stick and he goes out <gasps> on the stick, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love it. Yeah. It was really fun. Uh, the reveal that it comes out of a sword was the, I think yeah. the, the gimmick that got me. <laughs> All I could think of though, now that when you were describing it, not when I was watching the movie, but when you were describing it is uh, a Ganondorf in twilight princess uh, yes. in the final battle. If <laughs> yeah. you pull the fishing rod, he's like uh, confused. And he's uh, like watching uh, it the entire time. Uh, uh. It's, yeah. Great. Um, yeah, um, well, my favorite moment is the is the opening uh, kaiju attack. Um, it's really really fun, and yeah. and there is another kaiju sequence at the end of the film, the big final like yeah. action, like where he like attacks the train, and there's all that stuff. But I just loved the smash cut to him like guzzling through the little town. Yeah. Uh, to to eating the people eating. Yeah. Uh, it was really really fun. Um, set up some interesting stakes like right away of like oh he you know there's Papa Doll he's a big monster now like uh oh um, and it kind of uh, it 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 brought my focus into the movie not necessarily because it's a kaiju thing but more just because like that's when I felt the movie was actually like trying to be like oh here's the plot uh, because at the beginning yeah. <laughs> like it's very much like you don't know what's going on between his, him and the sister then they get kidnapped they go to this weird wacky world that's almost psychedelic and you're just kind of like whoa what's going on um but then like yeah then when he shows when the dog shows up and starts attacking the city like it felt like oh okay that's the threat okay here we go now i understand uh now i understand the stakes now i understand why they've got to get the dog back um even if that was before they explained everything like i still that's when the movie really yeah it clicks it's like ah okay it's all together now i know it it focuses in and you're just like oh okay there's runaway dog a lot of distractions after that point but that that does like set you up for like okay you're grounded now you have a narrative you know (laughs) here's your box 
You're not going to stay on the box, but here's your box. Um, but yeah, I, 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 so that moment was really fun. Um, there's there, like your, your moment was really funny. I liked that moment a yeah. lot. Um, honestly, I, the getting to, uh, the Bonapal wit, like the trans yeah. the scene where they're like, they get into the blimp and it's like flying over all these, like, you know, these hills and valleys and all the water reservoir, uh, and even the transition process where they go all the spooky bubbles and they show up right in front of this two-headed giant cat. There's all these little scenes that happen in that. That's when I say that feels like a Ghibli moment. That's that is yes. like the film is really Ghibli in that five to ten minute sequence. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um yeah, I, I think it's I think it's uh, there. There's a lot of fun moments in this movie for sure. Oh, I, yeah. Like I said, like I said in the least favorite moments. I know it sounds Final Thoughtsy, but um, I think that the the inconsistency with some of the like yeah like the setups and that don't go anywhere yeah. and the plots that they introduce that are like while interesting just not part of the plot. Yeah, um, it kind of distracts from the main Papa doll stuff. So <laughs> it, it, like that's that's my only biggest thing. Uh, but animation is next. Um, and, uh, we're kind of already talking about it. Um, it's got, the animation is really good. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that I'm personally just not a fan of is it's, it's actual style for the characters. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge fan with just because it's very inconsistent. I was kind of talking about it when we were talking characters, um, with, uh, uh, Choo Choo being very humanoid uh cat uh whereas a lot of the others are yeah very cat um so there's a little bit of inconsistency there that i was i'm just not a fan of that it's yeah. like oh i don't know why you did it that way um design I mean, wise it's the navi situation again that that's yeah what it is. Like, yeah let's not put a hat on a hat let's just call again, it what it is because <laughs> it's because i'm looking at this analytically i'm not yeah. like if i was watching this as a kid or oh, just yeah like, as a kid it's, fun you know you're just uh, like yeah, oh, cute cat girl yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean the 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 like the actual design work of battleable wit and that stuff is it, the both the animated Weird, version but great yeah the animated version and the practical effects they made of it yes in the intro and the outros really cool i think it's just neat that they i like there was a just like there's two anime mate that i know of uh dragon's tear is that it uh it's like a big mech anime for or dragon something or other I, I can't remember but they made like a giant practical mech that they use in the intro and outro of the anime. And it was originally going to be a five episode OVA, but they spent so much money on the practical effect that they were like, I guess it's just one episode now. Goodbye. (laughs) And it's like the Mobius of like anime. And then this one, uh, uh, which maybe doesn't look like they spent as much money making the practical effect, but uh, it's still just like, it's just so neat. It's just such a weird, like interesting, colorful, Alice in Wonderland world. Yes. Yeah. Very, very, very much that Alice in Wonderland uh, feeling for sure. Very just out there, weird design work, like lots of stripes, polka dots everywhere. Um, just, just unique. It's, it's got a very unique style to it. Um, and I think that like, as we, uh, you know, we keep saying the Studio Ghibli B team, but I think that's where it does feel closest to like a Studio Ghibli A team stuff is in the design of stuff like it's like there's a lot of thought 
process put into like what like what the city looks like what the world looks like how it kind of works even if we don't get explanations of it um some of the explanation stuff as we said probably was either going to be in a sequel or whatever but uh but overall though i still i still think it was really interesting and i do think the animation was really really good it was very fluid um if yeah. I had to criticize one last thing with the animation, and this is just an anime of the time kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, this movie does have the anime of the time problem, and it still happens even now, but like where uh, some details are specifically not drawn in when things I, are... Yeah, I guess I'm okay, because it's usually like background things or it's like vague shapes. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah and you get so, the idea that there's a background here or that there's a building here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think I think it gets bad in a couple of moments in the climax oh, when... Yeah. Well, that's when they like, were like... they're jumping from balloon person to balloon person, like trying to like have their chase. Yeah. And like, sometimes they didn't spend a lot of time des- designing the balloon person that they no. land on. So it's very like, there's like three people, but there's like 18 of the same three people just kind of like in the same, in the area just happen to be floating in and around, you know, like where the, like the cat people are. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, I get it. There's definitely like some limits in the animation where they either, they kind of like it's like yeah whatever this is not this is you can tell the budget kind of like dipped down as the projection went on and the big climactic fight unfortunately kind of suffered from that um it's still good it's still fun yeah it's still yeah, 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 yeah. high flying high octane adventure but yeah you can see the threads coming loose you know yeah like i said and, and this is this is purely looking at it analytically yeah like, <laughs> very like looking when you're in it you're in it you know if you can if you are in the right mind space either because you're younger or you're someone who's able to kind of like separate yourself from like picking something apart it's just like you don't even notice it you you know yeah this this is just yeah this is this is the curse of uh (laughs) reviewing slash analyzing movies yeah um but uh so sound design is kind of hard to talk about because we watched the dub yeah and it was compressed uh, we there's also about voice. weird. There's some weird audio issues in the rip of a rip of a DVD. Yes, uh, it is. There's weird kind of like the even the music has these warbling effects where like occasionally it's like yeah, I couldn't tell that was yeah. There's no way that's on purpose because I feel like I would have recognized that when I was watching the DVD because it really irked me. Now, mind you, I saw this. Back in 2019, maybe earlier, at least 2019. And when I saw it then, I mean, honestly, I could probably find out because I probably, if I searched our chat history, I could probably literally pinpoint the exact night I watched this. But it, it, there, there feels like there are several times throughout the movie where like maybe DVD deterioration, maybe just like the quality of the rip, where the audio, Swoop, zips down and then goes back to normal speed uh so like judging it purely based off what we're able to watch is a little difficult i'll say that the soundtrack is is fun super energetic very circus music yes um, which fits with the style of the animation oh yeah absolutely uh the voice acting hit or miss uh one big miss from one little miss uh-huh uh and then uh, the rest is like fine 
Uh, some of it's, you know, like I, I, the kid, the boy sounds so familiar. He's one of those voice actors that's in every single thing. But like, I could not tell you exactly what I heard him from, but like, I know his voice. Um, uh, right. And then the, you know, the sound effects are like, you know, uh, kind of muted, uh, when you have like sound effects, like, you know, uh, like, Honestly, the most like striking sound effects is when he's hitting the dog. And I think it's because there's no music. There's no back. It's like they want you to feel uncomfortable because it's the boy remembering it and feeling terrible. Um, So it's it's very it's just like the sound of like a pot breaking and it's the sound of the dog yelping. And it's no fun. Let me tell you, as a guy in a house with a yelping dog right now, no fun. Um, And uh, there's also... Like the Foley work, unfortunately, also just like the rest of the compression, like compressed sound effects feel muddied, which again could just be the fact that we are listening to a rip of yeah. a rip compressed on YouTube streamed in 2022 or 2023. It's, uh, you know, there's there's limits to the tech, unfortunately. <laughs> so I don't know if this is where you're remembering her from. Yeah. But uh, so the voice actress for the English voice actress for Tommy, uh, Tori, uh, Tor- Torby, uh, whatever, however yeah. you say his name, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> so he was Kaoru in, uh, or she was a uh, Kaoru in Veroni Kinchin. That's they, it. There yeah. you go. Okay. She was also Meryl in Trigun too. Yep. So she's, she's that era of like just randomly showing up as yeah. like a voice. That nineties like. era, like, yeah. you know, where it yeah. was like, there's... She was Lilymon in Digimon the first season. So <laughs> I thought yeah. I was like, I I was thinking it was a Digimon voice. I'm shocked that it was okay. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so she she's shown up voicing like a lot of characters. Yeah. I mean, she still does to this point. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's where she's from. Just yeah. uh, just as a reference. But uh, uh, anyway, like the final sound... thoughts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Final thoughts. Uh, I uh, we've uh, sprinkled this throughout the whole thing. Uh, this is, uh, my birthday month. I wanted to do some fun movies that I personally like. Uh, they are either shows that mean something to me, uh, talking about them with someone who means something to me or, uh, elsewise. I watched this on a DVD back in like 2019. Uh, it was Michelle and I were in an era of just like renting random movies. And we saw this in the uh, anime section. We grabbed it just on a whim. I had seen it like for years beforehand, you know, and I was like, Oh, this looks weird. I've never seen this before, whatever. And I finally grabbed it. Um, it, it just feels like such a nostalgic without even watching it before it felt immediately nostalgic because it so perfectly captures that like kids movie from the nineties era, like, like kind of dark, kind of like, you know, spooky, like, you know, uh, like aesthetics, but with this kind of like lighthearted, jovial music, it feels like, a, you know, like a good f- version of a fever dream. You know, we've talked about watching movies before where it feels like a fever dream. You're like, oh, my God, we walk away with a bad experience. This feels fun and bubbly. It's effervescent in its like filmography. Um, I will say that while this movie never got a sequel in 2018 or 19 also, Uh, but I only watched it in 2022. Uh, The director of this made a new short film with the very, very, like almost the same animation style, but very similar animation style about an evil princess named Buberina. 
Uh, it's not a cat though. It's just like a little. It's a child. It's a human girl, and like she. I didn't watch the whole thing. I was just like, oh, there's a sequel, and I was like, it's not a sequel, but uh, that's cool. So <laughs> he still wants to do something with the concept. It's just that unfortunately that's never really taken off. Um, I think that uh, my initial pitch for what we should cover this movie on still holds water, one hundred percent. If you've got a kid, you got a niece or a nephew. You've got someone you're babysitting. This is a film that you can put on that will eat an hour and a half. It is fun. It is entertaining. It has a moral to it. It's got such a good pace and it's so vibrant and energetic that it is a a brain eater. It is just like, you know, it fully can consume you in the moment. Um, And I think it's like a great kids film. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I, I recommend it. I recommend it not just as like adult, but you know, like if you got a youngin, this is a great first Kaiju movie. Cause it's just spooky enough, uh, without being like, ah, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as you, but not necessarily like for a bad reason. It's just yeah. not really my type of film. Yeah. Uh, but I, I actively as a kids anime uh movie it's 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 really well done it's got some really good animation it's really you know it's really fun i think kids will like it because it's really colorful and weird and you know uh I, I think uh you know like i said papa doll is uh as a really fun wacky design yeah uh and uh yeah i think i think i think it's a fun movie i i don't I, I said it before, I don't have a lot to say about this movie. Like, I don't have a lot of positive or negatives. I mean, all the negatives I've said have been really very specific to being analytical. And it's just like, oh, I have to do this um, kind of a thing. <laughs> uh, not not like I have to do this, like I had to no. watch the movie. But more like I have to like I, I have to look at it this way. I felt the exact same way coming out of yeah. the movie. And writing the notes down, I was like, oh, there are a lot of limitations in this film. Yes. <laughs> um. Like I said, its flaws are when it's trying to be more than it is. I think if it had been a tighter, just like it's one movie and done, I think it would have been really good uh, instead of just good. Um, so that's the only thing I have to say about it. Uh, if yeah, hour and a half, yeah, or not even an hour and a half. It's like seventy-five minutes. It's really it's really short. Um, kids will like it. Um, obviously, we've talked about how hard it is to find, other than it just being luckily on uh, YouTube and probably yeah. on archive as well. But yes. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, it's not bad. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed my time with it. I don't know if I'll ever revisit it, but... Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's not like a, a daily watch or anything. But I can no. imagine, you know, babysitting a youth and putting this on. Uh, you know, like, if one of the nieces... Uh, if the just youngest show niece came weird. over, it's just like... And I feel like she would be all about this, because she's... Yeah. She'll just sit there and make up weird stories about the most, like... And then the zombie eats me. Oh, okay, okay, kid. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, no, but I fully agree. Coming from it, uh, yeah, from a place of like an like trying to analyze, like do a full analysis. It's there, you know, like you can't enjoy it as thoroughly as if you just absorb it. It's a, it's yes. a movie to be experienced, not to be critiqued. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, all right, so Rob, what's coming up next? Yeehaw! Well, next week, uh, me and Nick, uh, who was previously on uh, the uh, uh, Senpai Ranch alternate universe, uh, are going to be sitting down to talk about 
Uh, Escaflone, Visions of Escaflone, a show that was requested that I watch uh, thanks to the 1375 donation to uh, archive.org. Uh, we recorded that back in June. Like, I like it was literally like I did like we did a, a Shin Ultraman, and then I recorded this that night, and then like uh, the week later was next. You know, it's like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Um, you, mean, you mean January, by the way. January. Uh, not June. What did I say? Oh, my God. You said June. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, was, I just finished editing it today, and it was a hoot. Um, and then at the end of the month, we'll be talking about Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind uh, with uh, another friend of mine, Mike, who's my DM. Uh, we yes. play Dungeons & Dragons online. Uh, and he's very excited because he uh, uh, he just stopped doing his own podcast, but he had a Magic the Gathering podcast for years. Uh, and he's excited to dust off the old mic uh, and get that set up to uh, to talk sure. with us about uh, an anime that he Nos- is also a big fan of. Nausicaa is interesting because I've never seen the full thing. I've seen clips. I've seen the, uh, the puppet... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. prequel technically right it's a prequel yeah, the, yeah. the one with the the giants uh yeah the avas the avas essentially yes. in in the city um i've seen that i know of this <laughs> um but i've never actually seen the whole thing so i'm really interested to watch it it's been um, I, i've never revisited this one i i yeah. saw it years ago and i'm more of a kiki's or a you know like a totoro kid um those were the, the one, or and obviously like you know uh uh yeah the, oh my gosh, Princess Mononoke. Mononoke, yeah. Uh, like those, which, I which is the only thing I have heard is that this is very much a lesser Princess Mononoke. It's uh, darker. It's yeah. a darker one with a less like action oriented because it's way more about like the it's you know like there's a lot of masculine power in Mononoke. There's a lot of feminine power in this one. Yeah, uh, where it's focusing on a character who is like trying to understand and heal nature and basically like stop like a very like aggressive toxic dominant mentality not through violence and right you know power but through like cunning right uh it's very it's uh yeah and again years since i watched it last so i might be wrong but yeah um, and then, uh, so we are going to save one of the announcement for March yeah. to be secret, uh, but we are doing a dinosaur month. Yeah. Next month. Uh, usually we do June Rassic, but this year we've got 65, the movie coming out in theaters next month. <laughs> so we were like, uh, I guess we'll move Jurassic month up. Yep, yep. Uh, so we are doing, uh, obviously we're doing 65. It's going to be yep. our first episode of. March. So it's coming out uh, on the 10th. So expect that on the 11th, 12th, somewhere in there. First weekend. <laughs> you know how we do. Special report. Um, and then uh, the next episode. Actually, no, not the next episode. The episode at the end of the month. So yeah. we're keeping the middle one secret. secret uh, we will be doing uh, Dino Crisis 1. Um, and so we, we will be doing a let's play of that on our Twitch channel. Uh, we will have a schedule for that that we will send out of what times and dates um, and we're going to play, I'm going to play the whole game. Uh, I have played the game many a times. I am by no means an expert on the original Dino Crisis because it is a Resident Evil 1 yeah. style game. I'm more of Dino Crisis 2. Uh, but uh, it's going to be really fun to play it. It's going to be really fun to talk about. It's a great, interesting world um, that they that they created for Dino Crisis. Uh, some really fun lore that we're going to deep dive into. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so that will be the uh, last episode of March. Because, like I said, we will have an episode in between. 
uh, and we will keep that one a secret for now, <laughs> even though we do have that one planned out. We actually have already, we, uh, we, we have about four of the months planned out already yeah, for the rest a, of this year. Yeah, we've got to, and we need to just sit down and like actually plan out the rest of the year, but, uh, but we've, yeah, we've got a good, le- a good year li- lined up. <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty locked in with uh with with most of the rest to of the year. To be fair, so. I've got the next four signals episodes locked in as well. <laughs> See? So there you go. Um so it's going to be it's going to be a really fun year, but yeah, so uh look forward to uh Escaflote next, Nausicaa and then 65 at the beginning of March and then Dino Crisis at the end of March. And then there will be one more episode in Swinging, which is going to be very fun to talk about, but we'll t- we'll announce <laughs> that next uh episode. Um so uh, thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are awesome for supporting the cast. We really appreciate it. It helps us do what we do. Uh, so thank you to Behind the Mask 1313, Caleb Talley, Devin Noyes, Joe Jira, Jonathan the Vegan Nerd, Joshua, P- Pilo, uh, Jack Butcher, Uis, Nathan Town, Solid Snake, William Kish, Cool Man Cottenham, Jack Horowitz, Kyoe Toshi, uh, Nicholas Whale, Nugget Coon, Taylor Ward, Chris Britt, Eric Schuster, Joshua Lynch, and Oda. You guys are really, really awesome. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, uh, just search Tokyo Lives. You'll find us very easily. Um, Facebook is just Tokyo Lives. You'll find us on there. At Tokyo Lives Cast is our Twitter. TokyoListPodcast.com is our website in case you want to go to there. Um, and then uh, we have uh, the Twitch channel is, I believe it's Tokyo, Tokyo... Lives Cast or Pod. Okay. Oh, I, I think it might be oh, Tokyo no. Lives Cast on Twitch, I believe. Uh, I'm on a computer that hasn't logged into the Twitch, so I don't remember. Um, but, uh, Rob's looking it up while I finish this off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we'll be on Twitch, like I said, and we'll announce it. Um, and of course all of our Twitch streams do get uploaded to our YouTube channel after the fact. Um, so if you do miss one of those streams, you can go back and watch it. And of course we are biked up and talking during the, the streams. So, um, good stuff good fun stuff um but uh anywho rob is gonna swoop in with that tokyo lives gaming sorry for some reason it has it like all of the ones that are not currently online it hides so you have Uh, to open that up and then i I I had to scroll through all that tokyo lives gaming at twitch.com there will be a link provided on our twitter uh and on our uh on our uh facebook page and in the discord uh so you'll be able to follow along and chat with us and watch us and maybe drink with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And also, gosh, wait, when is All Monsters Attack? Oh, God, that's a May. We yeah. haven't locked out any of that yet. Yeah, so we need I don't to fully announce anything because it's. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I thought like that was also March and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, that's the beginning of May, I believe. So awesome. I, 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 we're going to try to go. Like uh, the original plan was going to go, it was to be going, but. Uh, we might not go. I oh don't, yeah, we'll figure it out. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. We, we might... have the money to go. It's just, dude, can we? Yeah, I. Well, I've got it, it scheduled for me at least to be able to go. So it seems yeah, we'll, like we'll figure it out. It we'll might be the out. two of us. It might just be one of us. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna go or what's gonna happen. <laughs> that, that, but that is still the plan is to go to All Monsters Attack if we can uh, in May. Uh, in case some of you want to come and meet us, yeah, uh, we, we will not be going to G Fest. Uh, because uh, until I see some more progress from them on being not 
crazy. A little artist uh, friendly is all, you know. <laughs> well, it's the art thing, and then there was all the stuff during COVID yeah. that kind of still makes me a little uncomfortable. Uh, even though I know one of those people is not in control of the festival anymore, so it's yeah. like, uh, okay, we're heading the right direction. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, uh, if we're going to a con this year, it's all monsters. Attack. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, um, <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.